take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked into the virtual matrix. Please stand by. For the latest in professional wrestling. I am the master of the middle finger. Video gaming. Chief ass whoopers, sorry sons of bitches. And movies and entertainment. Beer drinkers. Among beer drinkers. And here is your host. All I'm offering is the truth. JJ Sexy. Good evening and welcome, guys, to another edition of Unplugged right here on SundayNightShowdown.com. And yes, I'm bringing Sexay back. JJ Sexay, that is. Don't really have a co-host tonight for the NXT segment, so I'm just going to jump right into this thing because there's a lot that I want to discuss on the air as it pertains to what we saw tonight with NXT, what we saw last night with the draft, what I spent... A few hours this morning doing, watching the supplemental draft, which was interesting to say the least. Um, You know, NXT starts off, and again, we have another crazy challenge that I think everybody is completely sick of. This time, ladies and gentlemen, it was called the Seal the Deal Challenge. Now, here's the thing about the Seal the Deal Challenge. (laughs) You basically had to sell programs to the audience in order to get ahead. What in the hell does this have anything to do with selling yourself in the ring as a professional wrestler? That job basically is what the promotion of the WWE or whatever promotion you're working for. It's their job to help sell you to the audience it's not your job to go out and sell programs i kind of thought this was a stupid challenge but hey i thought last week was a stupid challenge i thought the week before that was a stupid challenge so again we're going to keep on going with this uh stupid challenge thing they made very good mention though that in two weeks there will be an elimination so i think we all kind of have an idea on who that elimination is going to be and after watching raw last night I feel like I should borrow uh, the Trey Dog's magic ink pen and just kind of uh, sketch my own little scenario. And I will do that really quickly. I think that the guy that's going to be eliminated from this contest first is going to be Michael Tarver. But don't cry for Michael Tarver. And I'll tell you why you shouldn't cry for him. Because he's shown a lot of promise in this, uh, this heel role that he's had. I mean, look at his background. He's a boxer. There's something to be said about what he brings to the table. But after watching Monday Night Raw last night and seeing the segment 
that Ted DiBiase had in the back with R-Truth. Just picture this, folks. I've got the Magic Ink pen right here. Tarver gets sent home from NXT. He's not done, though, ladies and gentlemen, because Ted DiBiase Jr. will pick him up, and he, too, will be the new Virgil for the new generation Ted DiBiase Jr. Because, hey, didn't Virgil have a boxing background as well? Well, now we've got a guy equally as good as Virgil, and in more ways a lot more talented than Virgil, in Michael Tarver. So expect to see that in about three weeks' time on the Raw brand. Michael Tarver, and he got the practice tonight, ladies and gentlemen. They started the show off with Tarver and Carlito in the back, and, and Carlito says, hey, take my bags to the arena. So, I mean, he's already there. That's just one piece of the puzzle that Ted DiBiase was looking for last night when he was talking to R-Truth. He took the bags to the back for Carlito. Three weeks' time, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely, Michael Tarver will be the new Virgil for the million-dollar kid, Ted DiBiase. Oh, that was a mouthful. So kind of moving on to this challenge, they start things off with, uh, I believe, Skip Sheffield, who actually sold about $60 worth of programs and was the guy to beat. Uh, they got to Daniel Bryan at one point in the night, and rather than sell the programs, he decided he was just going to throw them out into the audience and buck capitalism, which I thought was kind of hilarious. And, of course, we heard the atypical thing from uh, from Michael Cole talking about how, you know, oh, yeah, he's not winning a challenge. You know, he's going to be the first guy eliminated, blah, 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 as Michael Cole likes to do. Uh, this started us off with our first match of the night, which was a tag team contest between uh, Christian and his protege, Heath Slater, taking on uh, Chris Jericho and Wade Barrett. Very good tag team match. I was very impressed with what I saw. Uh, the finish came when Chris Jericho uh, got the better of Heath Slater, rolled him up for the pin, and uh, that was our first match. There was actually three matches on the show tonight, which I thought was great because we didn't have some stupid pay-per-view build-up for any pay-per-views. We didn't. We had one or two little uh, you know rebound things. I think they showed some stuff from Raw uh, last night as it pertained to John Cena and Batista, but. Honestly, I mean, this was a pretty good wrestling show tonight, other than the stupid challenge. So, again, we go to the uh, the next phase of the challenge, and I it, it I can't remember who was the next person, but they didn't do so well. Uh, David Otunga actually ended up making $315 and became the new guy to beat in this challenge. And Otunga, I like the way that he did it, because he's like, celebrities don't sell things. We get people to do it for us. So he enlisted the help of uh, two kids from the crowd who basically went around and uh, Otunga took the money and they did all the work, which I thought was was fantastic. Uh, there was a lot of notable quotes on the show tonight. And I know CJ was posting those earlier, but uh, the fact that Michael Cole had the balls to call Daniel Bryan a tool and Josh Matthews said, do you even know what the definition of a tool is? I mean, that's you. He's like, actually, you're not a tool. You're a toolbox. All the tools fit inside you, Michael Cole which I thought was great. Uh, I'm really enjoying seeing Josh Matthews kind of step it up and give it right back to Michael Cole, who I still think is, even though it's his gimmick, I think it's retarded. I'm just not digging into it. Let me see. Uh, next match, I believe, was Darren Young taking on Michael Tarver. 
And this was a pretty good match back and forth. However, the interesting thing was that... What's his name? The former Festus, Luke Gallows, interfered on behalf of, of Darren Young. And, of course, uh, Darren Young got the win over Tarver. Tarver, of course, not very impressed with the situation. When it was his turn to do the seal the deal challenge, he just walked away as usual. That's Again, that's another reason I think he's going to be the first one to go. But, like I said, I think that there is a secure position for Michael Tarver in the next few weeks, and I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Uh, our main event match of the night so it was supposed to be The Miz taking on... Oh, I lost my train of thought there. It was supposed to be The Miz and Skip Sheffield. And what ended up happening was they showed the replay, of course, uh, from what happened last night at Raw when The Big Show punched The Miz in the jaw, knocking him out. And, of course, The Miz, uh, selling the fact that he was knocked out by The Big Show, really liked the... <laughs> I really liked the makeup bruise that they put on his cheek. Uh, it really kind of sold the fact that the Big Show just knocked the shit out of him. He basically comes on the mic and says, It hurts to talk because I got hit by the Big Show last night. I can't really talk. And I'm not wrestling tonight, but Daniel Bryan is. So, of course, he makes Daniel Bryan get in the ring. And I expected a little bit more from this match. Unfortunately, we uh, we saw about a two-minute squash match. Daniel started off really well uh, with some nice drop kicks and uh, steady kicks to uh, to Skip Sheffield. And I was thinking originally when this match was supposed to be Skip Sheffield and The Miz that we were going to actually see something interesting because I don't know if any of you guys remember, but back in 2004 when they had the $1 million Tough Enough contest, Skip Sheffield was actually in that $1 million Tough Enough as Ryan Reeves, the silverback. Of course, he got eliminated early on in the contest, and it went down to The Miz and Daniel Pewter in the finals. So I thought, okay, we're going to see two guys who started off at the same time. One guy has definitely moved up, and the other guy is just kind of back on that rookie level. Uh, unfortunately, like I said, that did not happen. I was impressed with Skip Sheffield tonight. The finisher that he pulled out was like a modified version of a Stone Cold Stunner where he actually put Daniel Bryan on his back and connected with the Stunner. And uh very sick-looking move. If that's his new finish, then I think he's probably got one of the best finishes in professional wrestling. If that was just something he tried out tonight, I liked it. Uh, CJ's calling it the Backpack Stunner. I mean, you could you could make that claim. It did look like a Backpack Stunner. So uh, I, I'm digging that, if that's his new finish. I, I think regardless whether Skip Sheffield wins this challenge or not, uh, or this contest, rather, I think he's going to uh, have a spot on the roster, probably on the SmackDown brand, to be quite honest. But I, I do see uh, a future for Skip Sheffield in this company, at least until he fails his first wellness test. And then we'll go from there and, and see exactly you know, what happens. But, uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Otunga won the challenge. He basically came out and said that next week he wants to challenge R-Truth, and I guess that's going to be the main event on NXT next week, challenging R-Truth because of what happened last week when he wanted help from R-Truth, and, uh, and Truth wouldn't help him out. 
So he wants to take on the guy that's been his mentor. And uh, we're going to see exactly how that goes down, quite frankly. I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, so, I mean, that's that's pretty much it for NXT tonight. I don't have a lot of in-depth stuff for them. I just kind of wanted to run down what we saw. And, again, I'm not a big fan of these stupid challenges. This show, to me, is getting worse and worse as the weeks progress. And it makes perfect sense that in the near future, that show is going to be completely done. After this season of NXT, I think it's gone. I mean, where else do you go with it? I just I just don't see anything else that they can do. Uh, joining me, however, on the line right now is uh, my co-host on Sunday Night Showdown. Of course, you know him, you love him, you hate him. I, I know he's got a feud brewing with somebody in the chat room right about now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program, the worldwide phenomenon, self-proclaimed, of course. Internet Dave is in the house right here on Unplugged. Hello, guys. How how are it? How is everything tonight? Well, it's just me. I, unless there's two of me, I'm doing fine. <laughs> well, to you and to the audience, am I uh, am I loud enough? You're coming through okay. You sound a little muffled, but uh, okay. It's that damn headset you got. You should have took a mic, man. Yeah, I know. I'll uh, I'll fix some things on my end. Well, that's cool. Uh, the reason I'm bringing Internet Dave on is we actually had a discussion today about uh, the draft and exactly where the rosters lie, and he and I both kind of wanted to, to talk in-depth about what went down on the supplemental draft and look at both rosters for Raw and SmackDown. I mean, it's obvious to me that <laughs> it's obvious to me that the Raw brand pretty much raped the SmackDown brand, and if I am anyone on the sci-fi network I would have to literally look at that and say you just completely screwed us because they just paid 30 million dollars to get Smackdown to air on the sci-fi channel starting in October so (laughs) you have pretty much plundered what was a fairly talent rich roster so that Raw could get stacked and so that SmackDown could be kind of the C show, even though there is no B show, really. I mean, ECW is gone. They literally took that from being the B show to the C show, in my opinion. Now, there are some guys over there that are going to do well, that they're going to build this promotion around. But when you look at all the people that have come from Raw, or that have come from SmackDown to Raw, it, it, it blows my mind, Dave. Yeah, I thought last year's was the biggest turn around from SmackDown to Raw and I because I th- also thought that the year before's uh draft made SmackDown a horrible show talent comparison wise but I think this has uh, broken those records definitely 2010 had to have been the worst I mean if you're a fan of Monday night you've got like Trey was saying last night you probably got seven or eight top contenders for the World Heavyweight Championship or excuse me, the WWE Championship on SmackDown. It's uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of second tier guys and and a lot of guys who uh, <clears throat> you wouldn't think would be top tier guys, but are going to be promoted to that position simply out of need. No, absolutely. Uh, you actually sent me some statistics earlier today, and I'm just pulling those up as we speak. Um, on the Raw brand, if you break down the roster guy by guy and, and gal by gal, of course. Uh, in your top tier, of course, uh, contenders for the WWE Championship, uh, right now your number one contender is Batista. You also have Randy Orton. 
you have Edge. You have Chris Jericho. You have Sheamus. You have Triple H. And John Morrison is kind of iffy on that. He might be more second tier right now. I would like him to be on the top tier, but I see him right now more as the second tier guy. But even still, Batista, Orton, Edge, Jericho, Sheamus, and Triple H, that's a pretty strong uh, roster for your main event level talent to go after the title. Well, I was talking to you and Shark this afternoon as the supplemental picks were made, and I mean, we'll certainly get to, into them in more detail later, but I thought that because Triple H is going to need some some time away, that that's why they probably added an extra guy. If, if Triple H was in perfect health and his third baby wasn't ready to uh, arrive very, very soon, then I don't think one of the men you mentioned would have been... Uh, would have been staying on, staying or being sent to SmackDown. I think it's because Triple H is, is out that they feel that they need an extra guy uh, on the Raw brand uh, to carry that because, like you, <clears throat> we've been saying for months, John Cena can't face the same guys over and over and over again. And, I mean, if you're a fan of Monday's Night Wrestling and you only watch Monday Night Wrestling, then this is a perfect result for you. Is it a TNA killer angle? Perhaps. That could be playing into it as well. We'll have to wait and see, but uh, it's it's six or seven top number one contenders right now, and I, I'm afraid that uh, John Morrison, R-Truth, and uh, guys like that have been brought in simply, simply to job, and they're not going to really get their due because um, both of those guys were in the elimination chamber on behalf of the SmackDown brand, but they're not even close uh, if... Elimination Chamber was next, let's just say. Well, I'd have to disagree with that point. I think Morrison is actually going to get elevated on this card. I think bringing him to Raw was uh, was a good idea. And I think he's going to elevate. As long as they, they try and break up this team between him and Truth. I, I I can see Truth going after the mid-card title, and I could see Morrison moving up the ranks. And it'd be good to have a new star to build other than Sheamus on the brand because you've got established stars like... Uh, obviously Jericho and Edge and Triple H. So having those two in with Sheamus, I think, will work just fine. I could see a pretty good feud, actually, on the horizon between a guy like Sheamus and, and John Morrison. But as far as the supplemental draft for Raw, these are the guys who and gals who went from SmackDown to Raw. Uh, our first draft pick was Great Khali and Runjan Singh to Raw. I question that one. Great Khali really could be a guy that you could say would be on the upper echelon being a former World Heavyweight Champion, Dave. Um, we also had Natalia moving to Raw. Ezekiel Jackson, who is still on the injured reserve list thanks to a quad injury and probably won't be back for, I don't know, six months. Goldust moved to Raw. I question that one. I guess they brought Goldust over to job. Um, yep. The Hart Dynasty, David Hart Smith and Tyson Kidd, are now on Raw. And that's pretty much it for Raw. Now, going to SmackDown in this supplemental draft, we had Chavo Guerrero, Cody Rhodes, Chris Masters, who hopefully will do something of interest on SmackDown besides, uh, you know, peck dancing. Uh, the big winner here, Hornswoggle. At least now he might be able to get reunited with Finley. And at least we won't have to watch Hornswoggle on Raw for the Muppet Show segments. Uh, Rosa Mendez makes her way to SmackDown as well. And uh, to me, the big coup that they had in this draft, MVP, who is probably going to be top of the mid-card on the SmackDown brand, but I think that within the next year or so, MVP is going to be one of your main event guys for that brand. 
Uh, JTG was scheduled to get moved over to the Raw brand. However, he is staying with SmackDown, I guess, to continue his feud with Shad Gaspard. And really, if you send him over to Raw, it would just be another guy that you would have to have jobbing out to the uh, to the main roster. And I think Shad, I think uh, JTG would better be utilized on a brand right now that needs all the talent they can get. So SmackDown, in my opinion, was a good move to keep him there. Yeah, like I said, uh, you need bodies. That's all you need, and that's the the desperate state that they're in right now. And like, it was interesting because when you think about the guys that they released, I mean, if you're going to release guys, the draft is the ideal time. Right before the draft is the ideal time to do it because that way you're not having to to distribute too big of a roster. Because I mean, especially if a guy gets supplementally drafted from Raw to SmackDown and then gets cut two weeks later, what was the point of switching him to begin with? So I don't mind the timing, but you think about it, a big part of their job squad is gone right now. I mean, Shelton Benjamin, uh, it, whether you like him or not, um, Jimmy Jimmy Yang, uh, Gre- <coughs> uh, <coughs> uh, Jesse, or Grandmaster Jay, or whatever they were called, Slammaster Jay, guys like that. I mean, basically, you're going to have to create a whole new job squad. It's it's that simple, and and guys are uh, going to have to realize that that this is going to have to be their role. A guy like Mark Henry, a guy like Evan Bourne, a guy like Yoshitatsu, maybe a guy like R Truth. I'm not convinced about MVP. If you're correct on that point, Jeff, I'll be extremely happy to hear that, and I'll be very uh, in. I'll enjoy the programming that leads to it. I'm not that convinced. I think Matt Hardy is uh, on his way to TNA as soon as his contract expires. And Dolph's, it could be an interesting time for Dolph Ziggler and an interesting time for, for Drew McIntyre. I could see Drew McIntyre and uh, Kofi Kingston having a good series of matches uh, for the Intercontinental Championship on the SmackDown brand. But, right, but uh, does Christian get a chance? Does Big Show get a chance? Or does Mysterio and Punk continue on? And who's the next challenger to Jack Swagger? Because the guy he just faced um, is not on his brand anymore. Well, don't discount old Double J's predictions, because I've been doing pretty well as far as this draft is concerned. As most of you may well know, and I hate to toot my own horn, but I'm going to do it anyway. As most of you may know, when David Stevens was on this program, we had a discussion about a month or two ago that the Hart Dynasty would be getting drafted to Raw. That happened. Uh, Last night, before Christian was drafted to SmackDown, in the chat room, I made reference to Christian will be jumping to SmackDown tonight. That indeed happened as well. I also said last night on Wrestling News Live that MVP was more than likely getting sent to SmackDown. That, too, also happened. So, if you look at those statistics, Dave, I'm probably going to be right on this one. Well, like I said, I mean, if MVP is the next uh, is, is a future SmackDown World Heavyweight Champion, I'll be as happy as anyone. I'm not as optimistic about it, and maybe I'm pessimistic, or maybe I'm maybe I'm realistic. I mean, I, I hope that all the predictions that you make for John Morrison come true, but really, over the last six months, they just haven't. Um, and I mean, especially with a roster like this, as soon as I heard. Um, him go to Raw, I wasn't too disappointed, but once I heard Edge going to Raw and Jericho going to Raw, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, Morrison's in trouble. Once again, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. 
yeah, I, I hope that Morrison's not in trouble. Like I said, I think by the end of the year, you're looking at a guy who could possibly be in the main event scene in John Morrison. If not, by the end of the year, he's still my pick, and I said this earlier, he's my pick to win the Rumble next year and go on to face somebody at Mania and win the title. I have high expectations for, for John Morrison. Maybe I'm completely the only one. Maybe I'm in the dark. Maybe I'm just biased. But I think that this kid has all the sizzle. A lot of people say he has no stake. But uh, when it comes down to it, I've seen him do some really good technical wrestling matches with the right people. And I think that this could be his opportunity to shine. Uh, now, you had mentioned also on this thing you'd sent me, the second tier for Raw. We have the Unified Champions, the Hard Dynasty. Just under them, we have, of course, the U.S. Champion, The Miz. His contenders would have to be R-Truth, Ted DiBiase Jr., Evan Bourne, Yoshitatsu, Mark Henry, Ezekiel Jackson. I would agree with some of the ones that you picked there. Evan Bourne, I think, was going to be in the third tier. He's not in that mid-card tier. They really dropped the ball with Evan Bourne. They took him away from ECW way too soon to put him on the Raw brand and had nothing for him. I think if they would have done with Evan Bourne... Uh, staying on ECW, they could have built him up as a Rob Van Dam-type character where he was pretty much the heart and soul of that show and could have been Mr. ECW and gotten over a lot better. But they didn't do that. So I think Evan Bourne and Yoshitatsu are both kind of on that lower echelon. Jackson, yeah, I think when he comes back, he's going to be a player. Mark Henry is going to be possibly a player in that mid-card division. DiBiase, definitely, and I think uh, R-Truth will be. Well, I think about a guy like Vladimir Kozlov. I mean, this is basically his year. If he doesn't do anything on Raw, perhaps a year from today, he gets he gets uh, what I call demoted. I think anyone who went from Raw to SmackDown was demoted. Um, and if he can't do anything in the next 12 months, either he'll be demoted to SmackDown or he won't have a job anymore. Well, see... I, I disagree with that point. I think just because they went to SmackDown doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get demoted, but we'll cover that when we get to the SmackDown brand because I have some points to make on that. I'm looking at your lower-tier card or your lower-tier guys for, uh, for for Raw, and we've got Goldust, William Regal, Kozlov, Great Khali, which I think should be in the upper echelon just based on his accomplishments, Santino Morella, Zack Ryder, Carlito, Primo, um, I would agree with most of those. I'm surprised Kozlov didn't get drafted to SmackDown. To be honest, I think he would be yeah, better. Me too. He, he should be better utilized as the uh, the Moscow Mauler on the SmackDown brand and be someone that you know could give the Big Show a run for his money or something. I just I think he's off kilter here. Uh, William Regal is another guy that I would like to see him on a higher level, whether it's on SmackDown or Raw. But I love Regal. I think that. To be honest, I would much rather see William Regal as the general manager permanently and keep him in yeah, that role. I'd like to see that, or as a mentor. I mean, do they put him together with Kozlov or Jackson? I mean, that whole angle that they that the three of them had in ECW, I mean, it was over six months ago, and I still don't understand it, really. <laughs> Excuse me, it was kind of hard to figure out. But um, the three of them are on the same brand again, although Zeke is out for quite a while. I mean, even Zack Ryder, guys like, guys like that, guys like Goldust. I mean, you think about a guy like Zack Ryder and you think about a guy like Evan Bourne. 
I mean, did they bring Matt Seidel from Ring of Honor over just be, just so that he was a guy who could job, who had a fancy uh, shooting star press? Or has he dropped the ball individually? I mean, I'm not at, at, I'm not at every house show, so I can't really say what the future is for Evan Bourne and if he's digging his own grave or if they're not or if they're giving him the Shelton Benjamin treatment where they don't know what to do where they don't know what he can do for them so these are the kind of guys that are going to have interesting next uh, 6 to 12 months and and I mean if Evan Bourne just wants to job for the next 5 years just to say hey hey grandkids I was in WWE then that's fine with that's fine with me as long as it's fine with him but if I were him I would want to try to move up but I mean he's just too small and they don't have a cruiserweight division so it's difficult like I said I, they really dropped the ball with him I don't think it's it's a case of Evan Bourne dropping the ball he's only given what they give him and that's the problem he would be much better suited as a guy on the Smackdown roster with all the young guys that they've got I really miss uh, the days when they had the cruiserweight championship because Evan Bourne is a guy that you could make a cruiserweight champion and have great matches with a lot of the smaller guys the up-and-coming rookies that are just getting their foot in the door on SmackDown. Maybe they'll, I don't know, maybe the next year or two we'll see something, uh, maybe a cruiserweight title rebirth, maybe a, maybe a television title, but they definitely need something to showcase a lot of these smaller guys because they're just not doing it with what they have right now. Uh, moving on to the Raw's Divas division. Uh, of course, right now the Divas champion is Eve. As far as the, uh, the rankings go, we've got Maurice. We've now got Natalia who I think if they let her actually go after a belt in the uh, Divas division, she's going to be your next Divas champion. Alicia Fox, Gail Kim, Jillian Hall, Rosa Mendez. I thought she got moved to to SmackDown, Dave. Yeah. I've got her on my my SmackDown list. Now you've got, you Looks the like one, it's on both lists. Yeah, you sent it to me as well. So Rosa's gone. The Bella Twins, are, uh, didn't they get drafted or are they still there too? No, they're still there. And Melina, who's injured, also on the Raw brand. So there's about nine, nine or ten on each, depending on, on your count. So yeah, there's there's nine divas on the Raw brand for one title, and there's nine divas on the SmackDown brand for one title. There were there's actually a lot more of them than I thought there were, but I mean, for everyone who was hoping perhaps that Natalia and Beth Phoenix could have some good matches, well. Uh, you're not going to get your wish, but uh, Eve, Maurice, Natalia, Alicia, Gail, Jillian Hall, Rosa, Nikki, and Brie Bella, and Melina, and I, and Melina, I think, is really ready to to bust out and have a major uh, a major upsweep in her career once she comes back from the injury. With Mickey James now gone, she can really have a a huge boost if they if they allow it. Well, looking at the SmackDown roster. We have World Heavyweight Champion Jack Swagger, who I'm actually I'm enjoying his run as champion. I like what he's bringing to the table. I like the intensity. The match he had last night with uh, with John Morrison, I thought was really well. Uh, he, he really does lock that power bomb in good, and you know it, it's a good finisher for him. I really do believe, and it's a variation of the power bomb that Doctor Death Steve Williams, the Doctor Bomb, as they made mention on last night's Raw program. Uh, that Dr. Death used to use. So, you know, there's a lot of Oklahoma Heritage history into that finishing maneuver, and being that Jack Swagger is a guy from Oklahoma, it makes perfect sense that he would use the Dr. Bomb and just call it the gut-wrench powerbomb. Um, so the contenders in this 
particular tier, the top tier of SmackDown, go as follows. Rey Mysterio, CM Punk, we've got The Big Show, Christian, Kane, and The Undertaker on a part-time basis. Uh, as far as all these contenders go, I think Big Show will probably, at some point down the road, have a feud with Jack Swagger that will help elevate Swagger. And I think that's going to be good for Swagger. I think Christian is probably going to be the guy to beat Jack Swagger and become the next World Heavyweight Champion. Kane will do as he always does, and that's just be right there on the on the cusp of, of greatness, and he never moves anywhere. The Undertaker may have another run before he retires. Rey Mysterio will probably never win the World Heavyweight Championship again. And CM Punk is likely to have a title reign in the next two years. So... Pretty good roster right there for main event talent. A lot of them aren't established. When you look at the established talent, you've got Big Show. You've got The Undertaker. You've got Rey Mysterio. And you've got CM Punk. Yeah, exactly. And how long can Punk and Mysterio keep going? I mean, I was thinking about it today. They're tied at one. They could have a rubber match at uh, Over the Limit, which... Apparently, it doesn't have any stipulations. It's just, unless they haven't mentioned it yet, it's just one of those uh, pay-per-views that doesn't have a uh, a solid stipulation throughout, like TLC or Hell in a Cell or Elimination Chamber, something like that. So, it'll be interesting. Do they do round three? If they do, I wouldn't be disappointed to see it. Uh, I mean, Randy Orton and John Cena had five over the summer. I was pretty pissed off about that. But um, those two guys can go at it. And right now, I mean, basically you could make the argument, although they're both heels, that SmackDown is the punk swagger show. And it's the the chance for the two of them to just run wild and, and uh, do as much as they can and really solidify their career. And, and this is a case where swagger, along with Sheamus can be uh, built up even higher so that people don't think he's just a transitional champion and when he loses the belt eventually it's not unrealistic for him to think for for us to think that he should get a second chance when when uh, Sheamus lost the title the first time I think a lot of people thought he's not entitled to a second chance yet I'll, I believe myself included I believe now They've done such a good job with Sheamus that he's entitled to a second chance. And, I mean, with Batista now apparently getting a fourth chance, uh, Sheamus will have to wait. But hopefully they do exactly what they promised to. They, they're they promoting the new guys. They're giving the new guys a chance. And, and the new guys like uh, Sheamus and Swagger can take advantage of it. And in August, September, October, we're talking about Jack Swagger being uh, a normal, everyday thought about contender this is very true looking at the well before i go into the uh the, the mid card tier i had mentioned to you earlier that you thought this was a bad move for a lot of guys because it feels like a demotion uh for a lot of these guys this is an opportunity for them to step their game up and really show that they can be contenders you know and big superstars in this company uh, Christian is absolutely going to run with the ball, and I hope that he doesn't fall flat on his face. And let's face it, I've seen Christian do wonders on Monday Night Raw back before he left for TNA. Uh, 
I mean, I remember him standing in the middle of the ring with Vince McMahon in Madison Square Garden, and he got bigger pops, bigger ovations than The Rock. And, you know, right after that, he's sent to SmackDown, where he does nothing but job out. He leaves the company, then goes to TNA and becomes a world champion and really defines his character to the next level because it wasn't something they let him do. Now, since he's been back with the E, he's been an ECW World Heavyweight Champion, which, you know, in layman's terms, means he was a fucking mid-card champion that carried that brand. Uh, He went to Raw, and, you know, after ECW folded, and there was nothing for him to do. You hardly ever saw him on Raw. There was never any build-up for Christian being there. So this is his opportunity, and I think he's going to take full control. I still say he's going to be the guy that beats Jack Swagger down the road for that World Heavyweight Championship. I'm looking forward to that happening, quite frankly. But this is an opportunity for a lot of these guys that have been held down to really step it up on SmackDown and show that they can hang with the big dogs. The only thing about Christian last night was the fact that he loses and then gets drafted 10 minutes later and then comes out and uh, really gives a confident look like, hey, I'm going to win that championship belt. Um when Swagger beats uh, when Swagger beat Morrison to earn that that draft pick for SmackDown, it's like, dude, you got beat ten minutes ago. If you'd been beaten two hours ago, or if they did it two hours later, cool. But for him to look even the least bit threatening when he lost ten minutes ago, just to me, wasn't a very good ordering of the matches last night. Well, you've got to look at it this way too, Dave. On any given night, any given superstar can lose a match. You know, again, they didn't put much emphasis on what Christian could do on the Raw brand. It's going to be a completely different story on SmackDown. Mark my words. Mark the tape. I hope so. Like I said, I mean, you've got two hours a week and not a lot of guys to compete with. I mean, let's make the comparison of Christian versus John Morrison. I mean, unless Morrison has a long run with the Miz over the United States Championship, because now Miz can start focusing on that, uh, Christian will be having a, a long run, possibly at a world championship. So it could prove that the switch was positive for Christian and negative for Morrison, because there's just too many guys ab- uh, above John Morrison at this point. So is it a very positive move for, for Christian? I certainly hope so. It depends on how much television time he gets, but it's hard to to think he's not automatically in the top five pretty much all, all the way through. Now, looking at the, uh, the mid-card for SmackDown, which I think they really got lucky on this mid-card, to be quite honest. You have Drew McIntyre, who a lot of people still are not high on. He's impressing me slowly but surely. Uh, I'm starting to like Drew McIntyre. He's starting to show me some stuff. You now have Kofi Kingston, who is a great mid-card talent. You have Cody Rhodes, who I think is the dark horse. Cody Rhodes is going to do something phenomenal this year. I think that Rhodes is going to be one of the main players on the SmackDown brand uh, in that mid-card. Don't be surprised if by the end of the year, Cody Rhodes is your Intercontinental Champion. I see a lot of potential in Cody Rhodes on his own and probably as a face. Uh, MVP, I think, is going to be the top of the mid-card. He might have a nice little uh, run with the IC Championship uh, going against Drew McIntyre. Shad and JTG will probably continue their feud. I don't really see either one of them 
moving too far ahead in the mid card. No. Matt Hardy is another one that I think is they're gonna. I think all three of those guys are possibly gonna be jobbers. Ziggler, I hope they find something for him because that kid is so talented and he's been held back for so long. He could become a major player in this division. Luke Gallows is just hired help for CM Punk. I don't see Luke Gallows as any kind of mid card talent. I would even put him in the third tier to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you have to think that a couple of things when it comes to SmackDown. One, if you're a fan of wrestling, if you're a fan of the pure athletic endeavor, then the, the road to the IC championship on Friday nights is, is the place for you because you have to think Drew, Kofi, Cody, MVP, Dolph, and Hardy is a great six-pack for the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, really, I'd love to see that on a on a WWE pay-per-view, a, a, a six-pack challenge for the Intercontinental Championship involving those six gentlemen. I think that could be uh, tremendous. And the action will be great, and hopefully they do it correctly. I mean, <clears throat> the more we talk about the SmackDown brand and the more the uh, reflection I see from it, the more potential I do see for it. Unfortunately, just because it hasn't been that great in the last three or four years, potential is potential is and reality can sometimes be a long distance away from each other and things usually never live up to the hype that we that we profess them to but uh these six guys could could do a great job on the intercontinental tier on smackdown and the five guys we talked five or six guys we talked about earlier swagger mysterio punk show christian and taker could be a great six pack for uh for the World Heavyweight Championship tier on SmackDown. So if you like wrestling, this is your, your this is your place. I have to admit, though, that I'm surprised that the Ted DiBiase um, Fortunate Sons group will not be premiering on SmackDown. I thought that would be a much better place for them, especially if his brother Brett and Joe Henning have a, t- a tough time on live television. I mean, SmackDown's editing can certainly, can certainly uh, <coughs> cover people's flaws. I mean, it certainly did for John Cena and Randy Orton when they first premiered, because they started on SmackDown and, let's just say, graduated. But, um, I mean, obviously, if these guys are ready to go, they're going to put them on the Raw brand to develop themselves. I'm surprised. I figured it would be on on the Friday Night SmackDown show on my network TV, but hopefully it it can turn into something. It's already getting interesting based on what DiBiase did uh, last night. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it turns out. Well, you know, moving on to the third tier on SmackDown, you've got uh, Chris Masters, who I really would like to see on the uh, on the mid-card tier, to be honest. I think Masters, I've always thought Masters had potential. I think Trey Dog and I both agreed back in 05 that this was a guy that should have had an intercontinental title run and never really went too far with the company before his wellness violation suspension. Um, Chavo Guerrero, yeah, he definitely is on the third level. I really don't know what you do with Chavo other than have uh, the continuation of the feud with the next person on the list, Hornswoggle, who is now also on that third ring. You've got Finley, who is basically the uh, elevation talent that's going to help everybody else get over. You have the Dude Busters, the only actual tag team on the SmackDown roster. Vance Archer and Tyler Rex were moved over there today at some point. 
which I thought they were already a part of the SmackDown roster after ECW. Archer is one that I don't know what they're doing with him, but he had a pretty dominant run there toward the end of ECW. And if billed right, he could be a player in the mid-card division as well. So I wouldn't really count the former Lance Hoyt out just yet. I think he's got potential. And we'll have to wait and see uh, how that turns out. But, uh, yeah, this is basically uh, this is basically the job squad. Pretty much. Uh, moving on to the women's division for the <laughs> for the women's championship. Isn't it interesting that SmackDown has the women's championship and Raw has the Divas title? I, uh, it kills me. But uh, looking at this, we've got uh, the new women's champion, Beth Phoenix, who I'm glad to see her as the champion right now. Uh, Pillman, if you're asking who the Dude Busters are in chat, they are Kalen Croft and Trent Beretta. Uh, let me see. Contenders for this title would be the former champion, Michelle McCool, Layla, both members of Laycool, Kelly Kelly, the newest draft pick, uh, moving from Raw to SmackDown, Tiffany, Serena Deeb, Rosa Mendez, and yes, <laughs> Vicky, don't call me the hog, Guerrero. Yeah, wow. the the queen of the swine flu frog splash. Yes, <laughs> or the hog splash, whichever one you want to call it. Yeah, I think wasn't it you that said swine flu at WrestleMania? Well, I got that from somebody because people in the chat were calling it swine flu. So, oh okay, yeah, this is an interesting group. I mean, could Binky James be back in four to six months? Probably, but I think in about seventy six days she'll probably be in. Or excuse me, 86 days. She'll probably be in TNA without much difficulty as as the returning Alexis Lurie. Michelle McCool's a better wrestler than she was six months ago. Layla's a much better wrestler than she was six months ago. But uh, I, I mean, the, this this division is a joke if you if you really think about it. I mean, I, I guess Jillian Hall is still on Raw. Yeah, she is. So I mean, really, you've got Jillian Hall, Gail Kim. Natalia Maurice on the Raw brand, and as far as wrestlers and Melina, and as far as wrestlers on the SmackDown brand, you've got Beth Phoenix and Michelle. Gee, haven't they been feuding for two months? So don't expect them to get a lot of uh, airtime, but probably a lot of time at at house shows to hone their their wrestling skills and see if somebody actually stands out. But the wrestler should not be on this in, on this brand. She should be on. SmackDown, and the non-wrestling divas. Or Beth Phoenix should be on Raw, and the non-wrestling divas should be on SmackDown. Well, I'll be real honest. I'm not really sure what the plan is for NXT. I'd like to say that Daniel Bryan wins this, challenges Miz for the U.S. title, ends up on the Raw brand. But I can honestly say that Daniel Bryan would be a better fit over on the SmackDown brand with just the pure wrestling talent that's there. Either way, I see David Otunga some way, somehow being a part of the Raw roster. And a lot of the other guys from NXT I see ending up on SmackDown. I, I just I don't see any way around it. When NXT is done, you're not these guys are not going to be done. Regardless of the fact they're saying, oh, they don't have WWE contracts, they're all going to end up on one of these brands. Who got, in quotes, eliminated tonight? Nobody got eliminated. Oh, I thought they said that whoever had the fewest votes from the pro poll... Tonight got eliminated. No, or that's is that next week. That's two weeks from tonight, Dave. Oh, okay, two weeks. All right. Yeah, because Matt Stryker mentioned something about that last night on uh, on the on the live Raw show. So, 
yeah, eight guys are adding to a roster. I mean, that's why you get rid of a Shelton Benjamin and a and a uh, <clears throat> Jimmy Wang Yang and guys like that because I mean, you're basically signing eight guys to entry level contracts who can get paid a hell of a lot less and a lot less cash has to leave Vince's bank account. No, that, that's that's a good point. I, I just think that, like I said, I think David Otunga, despite the fact that he might not be the, the greatest in-ring worker, he does have a charisma about him. He has a star quality, and I think that uh, I think he's possibly going to be a breakout star in the next two years for that company, especially when you look at uh, his size and, and, and you look at a guy like Batista you know, leaving. There's going to be a void that's going to be filled, not necessarily by Otunga, but I think that he's going to be a good fit on that Raw brand. Yeah, I think he's really standing out. I haven't seen a lot of, of it just because here in Canada we get it at like 3 a.m. We get it like an hour after Saturday Night Live ends. So we don't get a lot of direct exposure, and I'm usually busy on Tuesday nights. But um, even with all of these these little exercises and challenges that you've been talking about over the last few weeks that you're not that entertained by, I mean, it's obvious to me, even based on what Miz was saying to Daniel Bryan in the first couple of weeks, they're not looking for wrestlers. I mean, um, tough enough days when they were teaching Josh Matthews and and uh, and guys like that who ended up getting permanent jobs. In tough enough, they were looking for wrestlers. With NXT, they're looking for sports entertainers. It's absolutely guaranteed that's what they're looking for. And they've basically come out and said it. So the guys have to have the charisma and the personality and not just the wrestling, like they did seven or eight or nine years ago when when uh, Maven and, and John Morrison uh, were winning Tough Enough competitions. Yeah, I, I agree with that point to a degree. I mean... There's just a lot of guys that, you know, don't have the total package. A lot of people just have that wrestling ability. Some people have the mic skills. It seems to me like there's a lot of few and far between guys right now that are are either, they either have one or the other. And it's, it's kind of hard to see a lot of guys not have both at some point. And, you know, for right now, there's just, there's a lot of guys that are, you're either a great wrestler or you're great on the microphone. Uh, not very many are, you know, have both of those talent skills. Is what I'm trying to say. Well, I don't think outside of Brian Danielson that the other seven guys coming out of FCW were known for their pure skills like he was. And I mean, one guy is British. One guy has a, t- a really insane tan. Uh, one guy is engaged to engaged to. Um, uh, a celebrity. That's basically all I know about them. I, like I said, I haven't been paying much attention, but that's all that really stands out about them. Jennifer Hudson. To me, like I said, I haven't been watching it very much, so I'm not the best possible judge, but they're not doing much to stand out, but I think from the very beginning when it was the war between Danielson and Miz, that basically foreshadowed the entire season of NXT. You know, just reading in the chat, and I think Mike just said something about uh, he completely disagrees that Daniel Bryan can cannot be a sports entertainer. I don't recall saying that. If nope. I did, I, it must have slipped out of my mouth. 
I think that Daniel Bryan is more prone to having great matches uh, in the ring. I don't think he has much of a personality, which I think is going to hinder him in, in some degree. But you look at a lot of guys who've been sports entertainers with no personality, uh, such as Lance Storm, who was a great in-ring tactician. I want to see Danielson do well. And, you know, I know a lot of people are, are favoriting on uh, on Brian Danielson because, I mean, he's been a, an Internet darling over the last 10 years, and, and people really get into him. I've seen him work, and I like what he does. But at the same time, you know, let's realistically look at the product. I want to see him succeed there, but I have my doubts. Is Michael Cole still doing the whole anti-Internet thing like he was at the beginning of NXT? Yes. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's it's an interesting group. It's uh, a new SmackDown brand with a lot of potential. It's a new Raw brand with a lot of potential, and it was a it was a uh, complete theft from the uh, the Raw from the SmackDown roster to boost the Raw roster, just like we see every single year. So the transition to to Sci-Fi and that equality of equality of how they uh, determine cable ratings is going to tell a very big story, and maybe that'll finally convince the the people at Sci-Fi or the people at WWE to, to move SmackDown to, to, to Thursday, but obviously that won't be happening because that hard the uh, the Friday night lineup that all those hardcore fans are, be, are upset is moving. Uh, <clears throat> they probably wouldn't move it back. But uh, don't be surprised in a year, year and a half, that SmackDown goes back to, to Thursdays. I don't know that it'll ever go back to Thursdays. Like I said, I, I have I have serious doubts at, you know, <laughs> I, I feel bad for SmackDown because they did get a lot of the younger talent, but I really think they need a guy like a Chris Jericho or an Edge back over there. Uh, I feel like they kind of got raped in this draft, but there's a lot of mid-card potential on that SmackDown brand that quite honestly, and I'll tell you what's going to happen, those guys are going to succeed on SmackDown this year, and then next year at the next draft, the guys that succeed on SmackDown, they're getting drafted over to Raw. And then SmackDown's going to have to start all over again with building up new guys. And that's exactly what you're going to see. We've seen it before, and we continue to see it. it. Happened to John Cena. SmackDown was the place John Cena became a star. First thing they did was 2005 when they drafted him. Boom. He's been there ever since, and he's been their big ratings draw on Monday Night Raw for the last five years. And you're going to see more of it. I guarantee it. Absolutely, that's exactly uh, what I expect as well. And and yeah, I mean, it basically is the breeding ground. Could you say it's AAA wrestling? Perhaps. But like I said, it has a lot of potential. And, and like I said, if you're a fan of, of actual wrestling, this is your show. Because Monday is, Monday is the sports entertainment show, and Monday is these... Uh, these Eight guys, Cena, Batista, Orton, Edge, Jericho, Sheamus, Triple H, Morrison, very likely getting the majority of the television time. So I think the only way you're going to see a guy like R-Truth or Evan Bourne or Mark Henry is in, is in a two-minute squash match to, to develop a storyline for people above them, those guys. But I've been wrong before, and I certainly hope I am again this time. But like I said, it's basically a, a top eight on on Raw, a top six on SmackDown, top five if if you delete The Undertaker, and it's potential, and 
I haven't read the spoilers for, for, for SmackDown. I won't spoil it for anyone else, but it'll be interesting to see what they do because obviously it's going to kick off tonight, the, this new generation looking ahead to this new pay-per-view in just, uh, in just four weeks with these new combinations. It's funny, I actually have the SmackDown spoilers, but you probably well, don't want to hear them. If you want to read them, go ahead. I don't know if the if I don't know if the audience would would like that, but if if they say yes, then go ahead. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll, I'll take a vote. If more people tell me they want to hear the the spoilers, then we'll put them up. If they don't, then that's fine. We won't. I'm just looking through. I don't see anything major that kind of happened. Uh, I've got one that says read them. I'm getting two. If I get one more. Okay, I'll read them. I've got several people saying they want to hear it. Uh, so I want to thank uh, Chris Kelly of from Headlocks to Headlines for sending me the SmackDown spoiler. Of course, the official news source of SundayNightShowdown.com. Uh, Kofi Kingston defeats Chris Jericho. Wait a minute. Jericho is still on SmackDown until next week for Raw. See, that, this is the way it works on the draft. When a guy gets drafted from one brand to the other... If he's on that show this week, like, it's different. Okay, Morrison got drafted last night, and he was able to be in a match representing Raw, correct? <coughs> yeah. So now we have Kofi Kingston going over Chris Jericho. And, of course, that makes sense. Jericho's leaving to go to Raw, so, of course, Kofi goes over here. Uh, Cody, yeah, Jericho hasn't had a very good week, has he? He hasn't. Cody Rhodes, who joined the SmackDown brand, has uh, beat John Morrison. Again, John Morrison left, so it's a... You know, SmackDown's beating Raw kind of thing. Uh, Edge, who was drafted to Raw, was out next for a promo. He said he loved SmackDown. It was his show. He loved the fans. Christian comes out. They said they knew each other since sixth grade. They were brothers. Christian called Edge a liar. And Edge finally admitted he used the fans. Christian said he didn't want to reunite, but wants a match tonight. Edge declined. They brawled. Christian then started a na-na-na, hey-hey-hey, goodbye chant. So, obviously... Edge has turned officially heel after last night spearing Randy Orton in the main event, causing Batista to go over to be the number one contender over Orton, and it looks like they're going to have a match later on in the night on SmackDown. Uh, Next up, Kelly Kelly and women's champion Beth Phoenix beat Laycool when Kelly pins Layla for the win. CM Punk and the Straight Edge Society come out, cut a promo on Rey Mysterio. Uh, MVP came out and promised to bring fun to Friday night's Straight Edge Society beat him up until Ray made the save. Teddy Long then made it a tag match. So Mysterio and MVP beat CM Punk and Luke Gallows. After the match, Punk's mystery man in the hood attacked Ray. He's obviously still under the hood and hasn't been revealed as Joey Mercury. World World Heavyweight Champion Jack Swagger had a fantastic heel promo. The boos were louder than his speech at most times, and it was his greatest promo to date. Teddy Long introduced the new number one contender, The Big Show. Did I not just say this 15, sec- 15 minutes ago? And I'm just now looking at the spoilers. That he was going to elevate Swagger. Yep. And I didn't even look at the spoilers. <laughs> After some back and forth, Show KO punched Swagger. And that was pretty much what we saw on SmackDown tonight. Cool. I'll, I'll certainly uh, be ch- checking that out on Friday. But I literally, I literally just saw that post that Crelly put in there for the spoilers. I shit you not. You're a prediction machine. I, I am. I'm getting that way. Maybe they'll offer well, me a job one day. Well, in a strange way, does that kind of ruin the surprises for you? Wow, they didn't do what I expected. That's kind of strange. That's 
that's a new and innovative idea. Or, cause, I mean, I, would, I don't want to be right all the time because then that means I'm further ahead and I'm not going to be surprised by anything. Well, I just figured... But that's, but that's just me, of course. No, I like being wrong, though, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, on Extreme Rules, I didn't get all of them right. I came damn close. But I was glad to see that Sheamus went over. I, I assumed Triple yeah. H was going to get the win there. And they did surprise me with that one. So I was happy with that. So, yeah, I like to be surprised. I don't like to be right all the time. It just sucks that I am all the time. It's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a horrible thing that I have to endure here. Just ask the wife. Well, Dave, is there anything else you want to talk about before I kind of take this first commercial break of the night and uh, transition well, us into um, video games? No, I, I, I can't really think of anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, Extreme Rules was was better reviewed by the public than I thought. I mean, I can't believe that people are like, wow, that was a really uh, innovative match. And I'm like, well, the name of the pay-per-view is Extreme Rules. I mean, I, I, I didn't expect la ladders and tables and chairs and barbed wire and and flaming tables in every match, but to me it didn't live up to the name of the, of the pay-per-view. Uh, Raw was decent, Impact was decent, and uh, we're looking ahead to Friday, and obviously uh, the next edition of Sunday Night Showdown is is in about two and a half weeks because the uh, Sacrifice pay-per-view, and of course uh, the night after that, they'll announce the the fan vote for the new number one contender based on this this top ten formula that they're using, which could work really well or or blow up in their faces. So uh, at least they're trying to do something. It's similar to the whole pick six formula in uh, in Ring of Honor, which is good. Only those six guys get title shots, and, and they face each other in matches to move up and down the, the ranking board. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting show. I'll be uh, I'll be looking forward to, um, to Sacrifice and, of course, to Over the Limits, I think they're calling it from Joe Lewis, in about three weeks, uh, ready for... Uh, couple more editions of Sunday Night Showdown, and especially Quick Picks on Saturdays. Well, it's funny. I mean, it's, it's not funny. It's interesting to me that we're going to have this pay-per-view on May 23rd. Of all days, that one just kind of stands out. Does it stand out to you just a little bit, Aaron, Dave? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially, um, yeah, it does. <laughs> it is strange. I mean... The night that Pillman died, I think the pay-per-view was called Over the Edge. No, that's... No, 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 no. The or night, no, that was bad blood, wasn't it? The night it? that Owen died, Dave, and you're Canadian. I know, that's I, what I'm talking about. You said Pillman. I, I know that, but I'm just saying that that um, that <clears throat> both guys died that, that same day, and they had kind of ironically named pay-per-views, so for an, they a pay-per-view to be named same. something very similar to the pay-per-view that Owen was killed on on the same weekend, anniversary-wise, 11 years later that he was killed on. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, you've got me confused. Pillman and Owen didn't die on the same day. I know that. Well, you just said that, though. That's what confused no. me. Okay. Having a, a similar name to a pay-per-view that is remembered for a guy dying, to me, is a surprise. Well, yeah, I mean, we've got Over the Limit... And Over the Edge was the one where Owen Hart, unfortunately, what, exactly. tragically That's fell. Dave, hold on. When he tragically fell to his death, uh, it was announced at Bad Blood in 97. That was when, you know, Brian Pillman had passed away. So, 
You're, I thought you were getting a little confused there, but it's just ironic to me that on May 23rd, we're going to have another pay-per-view by the WWE that is entitled Over Something. That's exactly exactly the same thing that I meant. Okay. Well, you just got a little tongue-tied. It, it, it's okay. I did. But, yeah, you and I are in perfect agreement on that point. But, yeah, and uh, TNA gets stuck on Mother's Day again, but, I mean, th- they're used to it. So everybody call your mom before uh, you order sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or sacrifice your mother. I don't know. <laughs> I'm oh, just God. kidding. I'm just kidding. That's sick. I would never say anything like that. Before I let you go, there is one more thing that I kind of wanted to discuss. And uh, I've given it a lot of thought, and, and I've come up with the next pay-per-view name for the EFED. And we're going to go ahead and go with the Unforgiven theme, just because there's a lot of unresolved issues going on in this EFED. As most of you may have heard, uh, we have a new match signed for the uh, for the EFED pay-per-view, which will be the last weekend in May. And it's going to feature Internet Dave making his in-ring debut, the worldwide phenomenon, taking on the international sensation, Crelly. In a cage match. Now, the winner gets bragging rights and gets the moniker, both, of the worldwide phenomenon and the international sensation. So one of you guys is going to leave with your name a little bit less. Somebody's going to be the worldwide phenomenon, the international sensation. Who will it be? We're going to find out at Unforgiven. Oh, yeah. At the end of May, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm disappointed that it won't happen earlier just so that uh, the conclusion can finally uh, can happen and and Corelli can be put out of his misery that much sooner but I'll 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 live with having to wait until the end of May to to watch that well just keep this in mind I I've I've held off on doing this pay-per-view so you can get in shape so uh take yeah. your uh, take your lard ass to the gym there buddy and and get in shape yeah I'll be very interested to see what my uh, m- my character turns out to be and, and what my character's look is when it comes to that uh, pay-per-view event should be very, very interesting. All right, Dave, with that said, I think we're going to let you go, buddy. I'm going to take my first commercial break of the night. Thanks for coming on and uh, discussing the draft in depth with you, with me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no problem. It's, it's uh, a very interesting last 48 hours, and uh, we'll, we'll see uh, what happens with the, the video game portion of Unplug coming back here in just a minute. All right, sounds good, guys. We'll be right back right after this. Money on the mic, JJ Sexy with Unplugged. So, what the? Guys, what's happening? Guys, anyone? Uh, yeah, we got a problem. Dude, 
What's happening? We, uh... We lost the feed. How can you lose the feed in a recording? Uh... I don't know. You're fired. Oh. Maybe it's just better if we... Plug it back in then, shall we? Since someone decided to unplug it. Ah, much better. This is Unplugged on Sunday Night Showdown. With Mr. Money on the mic, JJ Sexay with the NXT recap. And Sean with his video gaming reviews. Touch that plug and I'll oh, kill you. Doing no, I don't care what you're doing, you just don't touch the plug. What's really hood? It's your man with that plan, Mr. I Thug Productions, Clinton Bowman here. And I'm here to remind everyone of the great programming on Sunday Night Showdown's Island of Misfit Shows. On Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern, Britain's number one wrestling radio show, The Ministry of Slam, will be slamming your headsets for two full hours of wrestling-related news and discussions. Monday nights, Wrestling News Live takes over your lives at 11.30 p.m. with a trade dog and J.J. Sexay talk about Raw, Impact, take your calls, and have some good all-American fun. Tuesday nights have a stacked one, beginning at 8 p.m. with the Kindness Crew, hosted by Rick Casey and Noreen, featuring many interviews with the legends of the game. Baddie second is unplugged with J.J. Sexay and the Pimptacular Sean, talking a little NXT and video game and movie-related news. Friday nights is party night! When the Headlock Slams invade your area at 11.30, hosted by April Hagen, Caravan Gunther, Chris Kelly, and yours truly. Covering SmackDown, the news of the week, the wrestling of the week, and many different random things. And on Saturdays, we have the Pro Wrestling Rewind at 8.30 p.m., hosted by the power Andy Knowles and the king of all Italy, Mike Siciliano. Talking a little bit about wrestling, TVs, whatever you can get your hands on, with a little bit of ranting from Andy and Mike every weekend. But that's just the regular weekly schedule. What you talking about, huh? On pay-per-view weekends, JJ Sexay hosts quick picks immediately after the rewind with the wonderful Harmony Boom Boom Sexay, Mark the Shark DiCarlo, and who is he? And then Webb's Dave. And all that madness carries over to Sundays with Sunday Night Showdown covers that week's pay-per-view. So there you have it. And remember, all of this content can be found exclusively at www.sundaynightshowdown.com. That, again, is www.sundaynightshowdown.com. S-U-N-D-A-Y-N-I-G-H-T-S-H-O-W-D-O-W-N dot C-O-M. Enjoy the rest of the show, guys. I'm Boogie. Deuces! Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlocks2headlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlocks2headlines.com.
And you can have the hate that it brings. You can have my absence of faith. You can have my everything. I want to fuck you like an animal. Guys, we're back right here on Unplugged. Of course, our last segment went a little long with a little bit of NXT talk, a little bit of uh, Raw and SmackDown draft talk. Really enjoyed that segment. That was actually a pretty good segment. Internet Dave did a good job. Give him a hand, everybody, because Crelly's going to kick his ass in the cage. We all know that. Uh, but joining me on the line right now, he is—he's uh, been renamed apparently in the chat. He's now the Pimptacular Sean. Uh, so with that said, welcome the Pimptacular Sean to the program, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, I really didn't expect that name to go over, but I guess it did. Pimptacular. CJ, thank you for the new name. <laughs> I don't, I'm still partial to Sensational Sean, but it, it can go either way. I can go with either way. Either way works. Um, By the way, what's that smell? I think uh, Dave left a little bit of his ego in here. Seriously. Wow, now you're cutting promos on Dave. Dave deserves it after saying how many iterations of my name have I gone through? Seven? Dude, I've only gone through two, and I just got the second one today. So seriously, back off and go back and count your own, because I can't even count your own on my on my hands. Well, I would quote Rodney King here. Can't we all just get along? <laughs> no. Apparently not. That's why we have battles in the uh, in the ring. We don't have an octagon, but maybe maybe for the next UFC game, maybe I'll just, you know... Take us into a, a mixed martial arts. We could just fight in the octagon from now on. Fuck it. Just throw two guys in the <laughs> octagon and say, fuck it. Kill each other. Fight to the death. Well, yeah. That, that could work. Work well. So so what's on your mind tonight, man? Like, you've been very cryptic lately. Things are... Uh, I don't really know how to explain it. Things are going on through the mind, and I'm... They've been going through pretty quick. Uh, my brain's been a little bit of a two-way highway lately, and there's there's a car crash somewhere down near the end. So it's kind of blocked up, and I'm trying to figure out what I want to say, but I don't know what I want to say. So I'm going to hold off on the announcement for a little bit, a little bit after the, the gaming news, because I got some stuff that I got sent today that's pretty crazy. 
and I really want to uh, get that out before we give this announcement out because I think uh, I think it might shake things up a little bit. And well, Curly, yay, I might be gone. Who knows? Just to give you the little thumbs up, maybe. All right. Well, you have the floor, man. Um. Well, I was hoping this week I wouldn't have to comment on Infinity Ward or Activision, but um, Activision, if more Infinity Ward people have left Activision, um, they and they've joined up with Respawn. Respawn, if you haven't been listening, is the company that the former lead designers are former heads of Infinity Ward created um, back when they first left. Um, apparently, three three or more left, bringing the total count to 26 people to leave Infinity Ward completely. Um, about, about maybe 12 or so have gone to Respawn. So they're still going back and forth um, between where they want to go and what they want to do. But along with the note of people leaving Infinity Ward, uh, there's an Infinity Ward employee group who is suing Activision along with the, the lawsuit that um, Vince Zampelli and Jason West have thrown out. There is a new lawsuit coming in by a group called Infinity Ward Employee Group. They're suing Activision for $150 million to $625 million for punitive damages is what they're calling it. Um, Activision is saying that the, it, the lawsuit is without merit. Uh, Activision retains the discretion to determine the amount and the schedule of bonus payments for Modern Warfare 2 and has acted consistent with its rights and the laws at all times. We look forward to getting judicial confirmation that our position is right. So something is really going on with Activision, Infinity Ward, and Electronic Arts. Uh, a lot of... Uh, if you don't remember, uh, Respawn signed with Electronic Arts. So things are things are getting a little crazy right now in the gaming world. And we've got E3 right around the corner. So who knows what's going to happen. Um, Mike, I'll give you a little backstory. Uh, if you don't remember, um, a few weeks ago I reported that Jason, what's the guy's name? Jason West and Vince Zampelli were fired from... Infinity Ward slash Activision because of insubordination. Um, they were apparently talking to Electronic Arts, the another major gaming company behind Activision's back. They were looking to take their products over to Electronic Arts when they were done with the Call of Duty franchise. Um, Activision found out. They fired them. And... Jason and Vince went to create their own company called Respawn Entertainment. Um, so far, they've had 26 people leave Activision slash Infinity Ward, and about 12 or so have joined up with Respawn. Um, there are about 100 developers, I believe it said, on the Infinity Ward staff, as is, and they're all working hard on, on the uh, next Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 3. So there's no telling if a lot of this is going to completely change things, if it's gonna if it's gonna completely destroy the next modern warfare. If it does, 
I'll be a little sad because I enjoyed Modern Warfare Story One. I enjoyed the the multiplayer for about as long as I did. I mean, I'll I'll say it. I don't play it anymore that much. I still play it every now and then. So, yeah, they were they were part of the Infinity Ward group who was doing Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare series. Uh, it's a completely separate entity from Treyarch, who does the uh, who did World at War. Um, I think that was number five in the series. It was the other one that was the World, uh, World War Two genre game. Um, no problem, Mike. Uh, along with that, um, JJ, this is something that you'd probably uh, take a laugh at. Um, PS3 Dragon Age players reporting crashes with the firmware update to 3.30. Oh, say it isn't so. <sighs> yes, it is very so. Um, PS3 updated their firmware to 3.30, and what's the new feature with it? Uh, crashes with Dragon Age Origins. Uh, Several people have said that they never had a problem with it, and then all of a sudden it started freezing and crashing right as soon as the update. Um, one player said that he played for an hour. It froze every 15 minutes. Sucks to be a PS3 owner. <laughs> I own a PS3, but I still haven't updated, so oh well. Um, GameStop has some updates to, or has some discounts to some of their games. Um, this code that you can input and on the online store will deduct 15% on a few games. Games such as Final Fantasy XIII, uh, Grand Theft Auto episodes from Liberty City, Bioshock 2. And if you use the code on that, you can also get a $10 credit to a, any other game that you plan on buying. Um, just to give you a hint as how much is being dropped, Final Fantasy XIII is around... $60, it's being dropped to $43 with the coupon. So it's it's pretty good. Um, apparently the discount also goes towards Bioshock 2 Collector's Edition, which was dropped to $68 from $100, I believe. Uh, Demon Souls was dropped to $34. And Heavy Rain, which is PS3 exclusive, and which, if you have a PS3, you should buy it, was dropped to $45. So if you want... The, uh, the code, just message me in the chat room. If you're in the chat room, if you're not, I'm sorry. You're kind of SOL. Uh, that's GameStop online website. Um, it's self-explanatory, really. Um, Rockstar Collection on on Steam this week is um, has been dropped 50%. <clears throat> The entire bundle is 13 titles, which includes Bully, Scholarship Edition, Manhunt, Max Payne, Midnight Club 2, every Grand Theft Auto game that has come out for the PC, which includes Lost in the Damned and The Ballad of Gay Tony, and a few other games. The price is usually $169.90 is the total. Well, you want to take a guess at how much it is now, JJ? Uh, I'm going to go with $100 even. Nope. It is $42.49. Holy shit, that's a steal. Yeah, actually, that's what the last part of the uh, part of the article says. Considering the bundle includes rather new content, one can even consider this package a steal. So if you really like Rockstar and their games, go to Steam and buy this, because 
it is worth every cent because you're getting Grand Theft Auto 4 the lo- and all the DLC for Grand Theft Auto 4 plus Bully Manhunt, probably Manhunt 2. I haven't have, I have not taken a look at it, but I mean it's definitely worth it. Um, we got a we got we got a couple more, uh, two more stories actually. Um, Direct to Drive is having their spring sale. If you really want to go buy some games uh, from Direct to Drive, you can. Um, some of the games they're including is uh, Battlefield 2 Complete Collection, which is uh, Battlefield 2 uh, Special Forces, different things. It's not bad company, too, but it's uh, it's pretty good, as is. They're offering that 50% off, which was $30. They're, giving, they're selling it to you $14.95. You can buy Warhammer 40K, Dawn of War 2, for $14.95. You can buy the Complete edition civilization 4 which includes all four games uh for 10 bucks which is definitely worth the price i mean it's one of the best games that i've played in a long time for the pc and i have the newest edition on pre-order it's going to be amazing um star trek online if you ever if you want to try it out it's it's only 30 dollars now instead of um 60 uh we got one more story and this is for Josh Pedra, since he really wants this. Who cares what Josh uh, wants? Fuck it. Cedra, uh, not Cedra, but uh, CJ Bowman just sent me a message saying that the GameStop up near his neighborhood has already had 100 reserves for Marvel vs. Capcom 3 in five days. It's not coming out until next year. Everybody wants to get their pre-order on it for them. I mean, seriously, aren't you happy that it's coming out too? Yeah, but I'm not gonna do a pre-order till maybe a couple months before it comes out. Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, we're talking a year in development here, people. Well, it's already looking. I think it's looking pretty good already. So I'm gonna. I may even put my own pre-order in for it. Um, Pedro sent me this earlier, and I had already read it. So here you go, Pedro. I'm gonna talk about it. Uh. Capcom has filed for a trademark for the name Mega Man Universe. Uh-oh. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm reading the story a little bit more. Uh, the Mega Man Universe trademark is broadly classified as a computer game software. In addition, a range of more specific, specific classifications, including downloadable game, mobile games, screensaver, all potential uses for a new Mega Man series. It's just saying that they filed for... A trademark. I mean, it could mean anything. It could mean there's going to be an MMO for Mega Man. Oh, shit. You just made Josh Pedra mark like a five-year-old girl in a strawberry shortcake uh, fantasy land there. I'm pretty sure I did. Um, there's supposed to be some more information coming out within the next few weeks, and we'll probably see something about it coming June um, with E3. Uh, let's see if Joystick's got anything updated today. All right, quick before we go, uh, Capcom wants to put Frank West. So if you if you, if you know who Frank West is, he's with, he was with the original Dead Rising. Um, they want to put him as in, in as many games as they can. Uh, apparently, he's in Marvel Capcom Three. He was in Tetsunoko versus Capcom. And he's going to have a he has a cameo in Lost Planet too, supposedly, which is a little scary. And PJ really didn't need to know that. 
Stay off the Viagra, bitch. Um, Halo Reach's live-action short was on today. Uh, did you get a chance to see it? I didn't, actually. I've been kind of busy with stuff all day. Uh, understandable. Um, it looks pretty good. What it is is a guy is uh, laying on a table. He's looking at something in his hands. He puts it into a computer, and then all of a sudden these needles come out from the table and start start to go into them. Well, they cut away to another shot of them, just showing little things, and then it comes back to a blue liquid in a pipe, piping stuff into his body. Uh, it goes into his eyes, and the eyes, I think they were brown. I'm not sure on the color. I wasn't seeing the color, but uh, they turn blue. Oh, you know what? I did see this. I did see this commercial. Okay. Um, it was pretty good commercial. Uh, he, he gets up. He walks towards the back, and there's a case, and there's a suit right there. Uh, the suit was a blue suit, and it says, Welcome to Team, Welcome to Noble Squad. Um, I marked, I'll claim it, I marked like a little girl. It was a definitely good commercial. It was enjoyable. It made me happy. Isn't, uh, doesn't Alpha Protocol come out in a couple weeks? Uh, yes, it does. And Best Buy is uh, confirming that if you pre-order with them, I just saw the story. Why did they go that way? Uh, like, it's like the, the stealth game weapons or something is what you could get if you... Yeah, it's stealth weapons pack pre-order bonus. If you go to Best Buy and you pre-order through them, um, it's looking pretty good. I'll give it up. I'm going to play it. I want to play it. I'm going to pick it up and play it. I'm I'm literally considering going and picking it up the day it comes out just because I kind of like Obsidian. I know there's a lot of people out there that, that fucking didn't like the Knights of the Old Republic 2. I liked what? the game, but I felt like it wasn't finished. I think they put it out before it was done. Uh, but I really did enjoy playing that game. So I'm probably going to go out and try this just because it's a spy uh, RPG game. And it just seems like it would be something I'd want to play. So regardless, I think I'm probably going to go and splurge and uh, pick that one up and, and probably do a review on that one. So uh, I'll probably be right there with you. Um, something to Crelly. Uh, I know me and him have been playing Battlefield Bad Company 2 a lot. Uh, I know he plays on his PS3. I play mine on my 360. Uh, to reach rank 50, which is the highest rank you can go in, in Bad Company 2, it takes approximately 282 hours of online play. So uh, they got a breakdown here of average time spent. Um, rank 1 to 10 is 3 to 24 hours. Ranks 11 to 20 is 25 to 44. Rank 21 to 30, 48 to 100 Rank 31 to 40 is 111 to 221 hours. And then rank 41 to 50 is 228 to 295 hours spent playing that game. Damn. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to play that much. I, I play the game every now and then. Um, today I picked up a new game, so I'm going to be trying it out. Um, not too happy with it, um, which I'll have, a pre I'll have a review of that next week. Um, the game is Dead to Rights Retribution. I will have a review of that for next week, but I will say it again, I am not that happy with it. Yeah, I would imagine. So, it's one of those games that I'm kind of just like, are you serious? Is this what I'm playing? Nah. Um, 
X, I don't have Super Street Fighter 4 yet. I'm kind of, I'm not going to buy it. I'm gonna, I'm, I may go pick it up from Blockbuster and play it. That's about as much. I didn't enjoy Super, I didn't enjoy Street Fighter 4 as is. So. Um, I want to throw, gaming news. Uh, you know what, I want a 360 you after that. What? What the fuck are you talking about? You, huh? You, 360 pile driver, Zangief, 360, hello? Catch up with me here? I got you now. Okay. Um, you, what do you mean yeah, you, don't, just, you don't think it's a good game? I, I didn't say it wasn't a good game. I just didn't enjoy it. Really? I, yeah, I didn't. I mean, it was one of those games, I guess I played, I've been playing a lot of games like that. Um, Tekken 6, Virtua Fighter. I mean, I've played a lot of games like that within recent recent weeks of Street Fighter. So it may have been the problem. I mean, I'm, I will go pick it back up and probably play it again. I mean, I may enjoy the second time like I did with Mass Effect. I didn't enjoy the first playthrough. I played the second time. I got addicted. So I pick it up and play it again. I'll probably enjoy it. That's just what it is. See, you know, I, I'm still a huge fan of the Street Fighter franchise. I remember... You know, just prior to me even moving here to Canada, you know, back in, I'd say from 2000 to 2005, even after I left Arkansas and moved to Oklahoma, I would make a trek home to Arkansas at least once a month so I could compete in a Street Fighter tournament that we did with, like, Street Fighter Alpha 3 and some of the other Street Fighter games uh, with a good friend of mine, my best friend from high school. We would literally have 20 or 30 people show up, pop some money on it, like five bucks a head. And the winner got everything, of course. And we used to do that, like, literally once a month during a weekend. I mean, I, I fucking love the Street Fighter franchise. I have just always been a huge fan of that. How dare you speak ill of Street Fighter? I should ban you from my show. Ill, I didn't speak ill of Street Fighter, the original Street Fighter. I spoke ill of Street Fighter 4. The original Street Fighter is still on my high list. I mean, it's number 5 in my top 10 list of all video games. So, um, I have a quick question for you. Uh, CJ had something prepared for me and he sent it, he emailed it to you today. Did you get it? Oh, you trusted CJ to send something to me. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I did. Uh, CJ, did you really send it? Because if you did, I'm going to be pretty ticked off at you. <laughs> I've got it. Just be quiet and I'll play the damn thing. Um, Okay, well, at the same time, CJ, if you could call JJ right quick and get in on this, it'd be good. Thank you. Yeah, CJ. <laughs> All right, Sean, be quiet. All right, guys, this is a little promo that was sent to me today, so uh, enjoy. There's a buzz going around the locker rooms of Showdown Championship Wrestling about a secret project that will change the face of the organization. <laughs> Only two men know about this project, and tonight will be the night that will change the way you look at SCW. Oh, 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 Coming May 19th. And then there's an extended period of silence after that promo. Still has 30 seconds left to play, and there's nothing there. <laughs> that is awesome. Awesome. Okay, who's on the line with me? Do I actually have CJ and Sean, or just Sean? 
Or do I have nobody on the line? What in the fuck just happened here? Apparently, I have nobody on the line. Sean, are you with me? I'm here. You booted me off because I didn't like Street Fighter 4? Wow. I, I didn't boot you off. You did something. I touched no settings. Actually, I think I got kicked out of the uh, the group. Uh, is CJ here with us? No, I think he's trying to call in. Keep calling, CJ, because, uh, I don't know, Skype kind of plays some weird fucking games on me this late at night. I don't know what the fuck's going on with that. but Yeah. Uh, CJ was using a new type of um, voice modifier. We need to find him a new one because that one didn't work too well. Oh, um, the sound was pretty low too. Like I had to jack the sound way up, and it was still pretty low. Yes, talk to CJ about that. CJ was master of the promos. Come huh. on, CJ, where are you at? I uh, hang on. There he is. Let me grab him. Like I said, I'm having issues. Now, I just fucking hit invite to conference. It fucking better open up. CJ? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, the announcement is there's a new show coming to Sunday Night Showdown. Um, as of right now, and I'm hoping JD will back me up this, no more EFED promos will be on any show on this network until this new show starts up. Um, no unplugged promos, nothing like that. Um, as of now, every single promo will be done on this new show. This new show will be starting May 19th. It is called Pass the Book. The show will be a fantasy booking. First hour. Second will be EFED only. CJ, would you like to fill in? On the basics? Absolutely. The whole thing behind this premise, me and Sean's been talking about this for the past month or so. We've been talking about the whole fantasy booking thing, and it really came to a head on Quick Picks when I, me and Dave actually got into a little conversation about how, I think it was either Unplugged or Sunday Showdown, when it talks about everybody talks about how they can book a better show. And, you know, it really got... It, it really came to a head then, but I've been thinking about this for the past month. Me and Sean have been throwing spitballs back and forth, names and everything like that for the thing. So for the first the first hour, which is the booking hour essentially, what we'll be doing what we'll be doing is looking at the past pay per view, looking at the past month in wrestling. So for instance, we start the sun, we start the Wednesday after sacrifice. Now if sacrifice is a pay per view that isn't up to standard. We will dissect the pay-per-view and see what worked, see what didn't. And we'll entertain your calls as well. So you can provide your speculatory booking. In the case that Sacrifice is a good pay-per-view, we'll be looking at Extreme Rules and seeing what we could have changed with that. And it goes on like that every week. We'll look at the past week in wrestling and possibly rebook every show to see what works, what doesn't. Now, for the EFED part of the show, technically, it'll kind of be like a recap of the past two weeks or the recap of the past from the last show. So if it was a pay-per-view, we'd look at the backlash. If it was a Cyberstars, I think it's called Cyberstars, JJ? Uh, I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, is the show still called Cyberstars? No, I kind of changed it to Showdown Saturday Nights. Okay, so if, it's the la if the past show was a Showdown Saturday Night, We'll look at the past. We'll look at the past 
on that show, see what happened on the show, talk about it, and allow you guys, the SCW stars, to cut promos. To cut promos on that show only. That means no promos on the Wrestling News Live, no promos on Unplugged, and certainly, and I will be enforcing it starting this Friday, no promos on the Headlocks Lounge. Period. That only promos go on this show. And we were recording them, you know, and playing them and making packages for, like, feuds and things like that using your promos. But the main yeah. thing behind that second hour will be EFED News talking about the different plans and different, not plans per se, but the, the storylines and the feuds that are going forward. And, and what's kind of, I guess, progressed in the feud. Which which makes Pretty perfect much. sense, yeah. I mean, I like I like the idea, I like the concept, and really, I, I think we get a little too promo heavy on some of the other shows around here, and I kind of want to keep it, you know, on this one show per se. Definitely, it's definitely going to be. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to doing this. Um, I've been looking forward to this since me and CJ first started talking about it, and I approached JJ about it, and he said. It, it sounds like a good idea. Who's your producer? I said CJ is, and he was like, "Just let me know when you want to start." <laughs> yeah, because my my initial thought when you said something was like, "Dude, I'm already halfway going through a divorce right now. I don't need to fucking put any more shows on my plate uh, on this network." So I'm glad that you know you have CJ producing it, and I can just kind of sit back and and watch everything unfold and not really be an integral part. I'll, I'll come on and help every once in a while. But for the most part, this is you guys' baby, and you know you can run with it and do whatever you'd like. And I'll just sit back and, and watch and listen like everybody else. Yeah, and I want to thank you for allowing us the chance to do this, because I'm really looking forward to this. I've already told my bosses that I can't come in at 10 o'clock in the morning on uh, Thursdays, because I'll be, I'll be smacked out from uh, sleeping. So uh, it's definitely going to be... And Crelly's bothering me. To say that part of the uh, part of the idea was also his idea. What? Uh, yeah, Crelly. Guess what? No. Because <laughs> uh, this started back at the old network when I first brought it up to them. So no. Um, straight up, all promos will be done. We'll um, we'll be throwing them on like CJ said. We'll be recording them. We'll be doing all of that, and. We we are really looking forward to starting this up. We're doing it May May nineteenth, which is a Wednesday. We'll be doing it doing it at ten thirty Eastern Standard Time. So that's nine thirty for you Central people, seven thirty for you Mountain people, and six thirty I believe for the people on the West Coast. And if you're in Australia, that's like twelve noon, twelve thirty actually in the in the yeah. mo- in the afternoon. Yeah, something like that. I can't keep up with the other time zones. I just know 10.30. It's 14 hours ahead, so it would be 12.30 p.m. Yeah, so we're definitely looking forward to this. And to give you a heads up on the first show, uh, we'll be either doing Sacrifice, like CJ said, or locked, or Extreme Rules. Our, I've already got a guest host lined up. We talked to him the other day. Mr. Josh Pedra will be our first guest host, and I'm looking forward to see what he can bring to the table. I've already told him to watch Extreme Rules a couple more times to know what happened, and then I'm going to watch Sacrifice multiple times just in case I need to figure out 
what's going to happen there. So. Oh, definitely. I've been watching Extreme Rules over and over. I'm still going to continue watching it, even up until Sacrifice. And then I'll start watching Sacrifice for two straight days, which means for going Raw and NXT, yeah, just for the sake of the show, pretty much. But, <laughs> but in all honesty, in all honesty, I know for a fact, with me and Sean behind this, it'll be an excellent project. It'll be an excellent project. It'll allow everybody to vent out their little promo, their little promo hearts without infringing on every other show on the network because it takes away personally for me that's what i believe yeah yeah and i'm more looking forward to see what kind of promos can be brought because this way you can actually think about your promos at the same time before you come to us um i know a lot of you guys like to come off the top of your head mike you're really good at it um yes we'll let you know mike when you when we want an interview from the champ uh, don't worry about that. Um, it's definitely going to be something that I'm looking forward to um, coming from the main the mainstays behind this network. Um, Crelly, Mike, Horseman, me, CJ, Hef, Flair. I mean, all you guys are definitely going to be the mainstays, and we definitely hope to hear from y'all almost every week, no matter what. And speaking you guys, of... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, speaking of the E-Fed, and yes, we do want to hear from you guys every week, but speaking of the E-Fed, I'm thinking right now, and I'm sorry, JJ, this might throw a wrench in your plans for me, but I am stepping down as a result of this show. I am stepping down from active, competitive, active competition to be a strict, to be a basic Todd Grisham bite this guy for the show. Wow, you're, so you're, that, you're totally fucking my plans up for you, CJ. I'm sorry. Like, I thought about it. I sat down and thought about it, and I was sitting down there like, we need that guy that's going to basically do that. I can't be in active competition and basically be doing this show, too. Okay, well, so, that means I have to rebook what I've already started to fucking book, then. Thank you for letting me know ahead of time. Well, uh, well you know, JJ, I'm not quitting yet. I'm... Not quitting yet. Put me in at least two more matches. Jesus, man, you gotta fucking like clear this with me. Like, let me know what's going on first. I, what's, I, I what's literally, I, I literally worked on the storyboard for the next episode today. I'm sorry. Oh, it is all put together. I just have to go through and actually do the shit. Well, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, trust me, school fuck school. Like, final week is coming up and everything like that. Shit's fucking me. Up. I'm My thought process. Starting to feel like fucking our truth. I want to slap you. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, you want another Virgil? You want me to cut your bags? Let me think about that for a minute. Slap. Truth, don't play that. What if I finger say in the face? Slap. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, CJ Bowman. Oh, you're killing me. You're fucking killing me. Uh, yeah, I'm not stepping down. I want to continue with my storyline. So yeah, I'm I'm still going. I guess I'm gonna have to book uh, CJ in a, in a match with Mike and and have Mike cripple him. That way he can be the fucking backstage interviewer now. <laughs> Retire from active competition. Yeah, you know, basically put me up against put me up against Mike Siciliano, have me beat him up for a little bit, and then have him break my leg. You know, like like Italian, like a typical Italian. You know. Same. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. To get get away from that, um, the show. <laughs> will be, yeah, I'm gonna get away from that because I'm definitely not gonna be touching that. Um, to get away from it, 
the show will be starting, like we said, on May 19th, which is... Uh, let me bring up my schedule. The maps. Uh, is the third Wednesday of May. So... The week after Sacrifice, which is the 16th, or the, the same week of Sacrifice, which is the 16th, that Wednesday we will be starting. It will be at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. So I hope to see a lot of people here, and I definitely hope to see a lot of y'all calling in for the EFED. Because the major plans I've been think, talking, me and Sean have been talking about, we've, like we said, we're going to record your promos and actually set up set up little audio packages to be played during the show itself with the feuds and everything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Mike, if you want to go full bore during during a promo, just make sure you're doing it on our show. On As we're calling this, thanks to JJ for the name, it's called Pass the Book. And if you want to go full bore on a, uh, on a promo, you're more than welcome to. Might might uh, I recommend when you want to do these promos, you write them out before you actually do them. Just a thought. Um, and also, don't kill our ears. That's the only thing I ask. I mean, you're more than welcome to scream, yell, just pull the mic away. I mean, we're good, brother. So, yep, that's the announcement. I'm not quitting. I definitely won't be quitting. I don't think I can quit. I think JJ might hunt me down and break my legs. So... He'll go so, moose yeah. hunting. You'll be the moose. Is that uh? No, oh, see, no, see if you quit, that. I just have to give that position to Crelly. Oh, ooh! It's bad yeah, enough he gets his chops busted by the girls of the Headlock Lounge. Well, hold on, I'm, I'm not <laughs> busting on Crelly, so I don't know where you're getting that. I said if Sean left, then I would obviously give the job to Crelly. That's not busting on Crelly. No, I mean I anticipate a lot of people giving him a lot of flack. Because I can't understand what he says. <laughs> oh, that's wow. that's Dave. That's Dave saying that, not us. This is true. Oh man, yeah, Dave. I expect if Dave wins, I'm not gonna be a happy camper myself because I definitely don't want to see Dave go through his 12th iteration of a name because it's just bad enough that he he's changed it 11 times. 11 so times. Dude, there's no telling how many times. He, he might have actually taken his own number. He, he might have changed it seven times. Who cares? Who knows? Dave needs to lose. That's just the end of it. Yeah, he'll Give probably... The name. He'll probably end up taking my name, you know, trying to make it all, like, you know, professional-like. And I'm like, no, sorry. I'll have to beat your ass for that, too. Yeah. I think we're going to be looking for uh, Dave in a few weeks. So uh, when we come up there, JJ, just point him down the road. Just point us where he is. Yeah, you know, he's going to be like driving down there, waiting for the end of the day. Like, yo, Dave, what's up, man? Let me see. If memory serves me correctly, at one point in time, he was the greatest stand-in in wrestling history. He's the worldwide phenomenon. So yeah, he's he's had quite the names. But then again, I can't really dog on Dave because I've had a lot of names in my tenure as well. I started off as the professor Jeff Jackson because I knew everything about professional wrestling. Back in '03, when I was the stats guy for Voice of Wrestling, and then I moved into being the gigolo, when I used to be the ego tripping, always pimping sire of desire, JJ Sexay. Wow. Then I was the rated X king of sex, JJ Sexay. 
which was a playoff. Do we even of want edge. to know where that one came from? The word. It, it was a playoff of Edge when he was the rated oh. R superstar. Yeah. I basically cut a promo on him and said something like, you know, you might be the rated R superstar, but I'm the rated X king of sex. So, yeah, I've had a lot of names, too, but uh, I'm kind of comfortable with Mr. Money on the mic. We are, yeah, too. I've, we enjoy that one. Yeah, I've had my fair share. I think I went through about, say, five or six during my four-year, almost four-year tenure doing radio. So, yeah. <laughs> I've had two. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with my two, Dave. Not seven, just two. Remember that. So I just remember, um, oh, it's smaller than Internet Dave's, but it will still kick his ass. Um, oh, my Lord. So anyway, moving on, is there anything else you guys want to talk about before I kind of open up the phone lines, take a couple calls, and then uh, get the fuck out of here? I've got nothing. Um, can't wait for the show to start. CJ, thank you for being my uh, my producer, my co-host. Um, no definitely problem. Had, I'm definitely happy to have you along with the ride. You know what's going to be a fun ride? We're going to rock this place. And, oh, yeah, let me, before I get off, before I get off, um, there is an, on the Headlights Lounge this Friday night, we're having an interview with the booker of Women Superstars Uncensored, Sean McCaffrey, talking a little bit about the promotion, talking about his woman champion, his, woman, his current women's champion, Mercedes Martinez, the Hall of Fame, and a lot of other subjects that will be going on. And he's promoting an event that is happening in New Jersey on Saturday. Saturday night where Mercedes Martinez will defend her title. So it's, it's a very good interview. It's going to be a very good interview. Oh, and don't forget, you might want to pimp the rewind too before Mike has a coronary. Oh, yeah, and, and, the, pro, and the pro wrestling rewind on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock. Is it 8? I mean, 8.30. It involves an 8 and a p.m., I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 8.30 Eastern, and you're actually going to be producing the show for uh, Mike this weekend, as if, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, this is true. See, finals week, man. Fi- finals preparation is, like, really getting to me, but I should be in full swing on Saturday, so yes. It'll be me and Mike doing it live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. And it's, we're probably going to take phone calls as well. You know, the first one of the first live pro wrestling rewinds in a while or ever. That should uh, that should definitely be an interesting show, I have to say. Yeah, two New Yorkers, an angry black guy and an angry Italian from Long Island. Not 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 pretty. It's well, pretty interesting. Andy won't be there, so it's just you and him. And we're both angry. Well, there you go. So you know, Mike will have his coronary. I'll just, I'll just grab an ulcer and probably eat the double down and catch a heart attack for some strange reason, and then come back and just get more angry. Anyways, I'm going to get going and let everybody else call in. Yeah, I'm going to take a couple calls, and like I said, I'm going to wrap the show up. So if you want to call in and talk about anything we've talked about, whether it's the EFED, whether it's uh, NXT. SmackDown and Raw's draft. I don't care. Call in. This is your time. You got five minutes. Definitely. And by the way, I'll be speaking of the draft. I'll be discussing the draft a little more and touching on some of your points on Friday. So yes, this is like a draft heavy week. Well, the yeah, draft was, was the big news story this week. So yeah. All right, y'all. I'm out of here. 
All right, CJ. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Later, man. All right, I do believe I have another caller on the line. Welcome to Unplugged. Who is this? Hey, boys. What's going on? Um, I think my stream is really, really behind. I don't even know where you guys have been talking about over the last couple of minutes. So, briefly, um, first, JJ, I would have had no issues whatsoever doing the Rewind this week with you at my side. I just thought with your schedule being as insane as it has been that you wouldn't mind the opportunity to not have to worry about it. And I kind of thought, as CJ had put, that two angry sons of bitches from New York would be definitely a unique dichotomy to hear on the air on the air for a one-time 90-minute rant about what's gone on over the span of this week. Okay, well, I mean, that's so, cool, Mike. I mean, I have no problem with that. It's just you, you came to me and you want to know if I could help you, and I was going to. My wife is out of town this weekend, so it would have been the perfect opportunity for me to help you out. But you've got CJ, and that's cool. You guys can do the show, yeah. and I will sit back yeah. and, and let you do it. Yeah, I was just – there's no disrespect whatsoever towards you. It was just a simple case of I really thought that uh, CJ and I would provide an a very interesting uh, element. You and I have done business before, and we have – done very professional very well done business and i just thought it was it would be a different element and if we are fortunate enough if you're fortunate enough to give us the okay to take calls it certainly would lead to some probably some pretty explosive interactions come this weekend let me also make it uh very point blank and clear that this is a one-time deal okay this is a one-time deal that I know of. I'm stepping in as host of the Rewind. CJ is my partner. CJ is handling the technical stuff. I would love to be able to do the technical stuff with myself, but I need a crank and a bedrock-style motor just to get my computer off the fucking ground. So I would love to be able to do it all on my own, but I can't. There's no possible way. Um... I am thrilled to get the opportunity to actually say that I'm hosting on Andy's behalf, but uh, this is only a one-time shot. It's going to go back to the same type of deal next week. Uh, in two weeks, when Andy returns, where Andy and I do our usual banter and insanity, um, I want to apologize last week to the listeners of The Rewind for my deterioration during the fact that I got very, very sick during the course of the show and basically had to step away after the first hour. Um, as far as NXT, I didn't watch it when I heard it, what the challenge was. I didn't even look at it. As far as the draft goes, I wrote a brief piece about the draft on from headlocks to headlines.com which I invite everybody to check out. I'm going to write another brief piece about the supplemental draft, and then obviously I'm going to talk all about it this weekend on the Rewind. Unfortunately, now the job is calling me, so let me step away. Thank you very much for your for the opportunity to give a quick call in. And Sean and CJ, don't worry. I have no intentions of causing any damage EFED-wise until you guys are up and running. All right. Hasta luego. Later, Mike. 
All right, guys, so the phone lines are open once again. Uh, like I said, I'll take a few more calls, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. You can add Sunday Night Showdown to Skype, or, of course, call me at 501-588-7957, and Sean and I will take your call and discuss whatever it is you want to talk about. Again, uh, about a five-minute limit as I'm running a little late tonight, and I am uh, got a lot of stuff to do, to be quite honest. I have to get up in the morning, take my little girl to the sitters before I go do some stuff, and then I have to make my way down to the uh, the Calgary Police Service so that I can go have fingerprints done, so that I can send off a kit to the FBI, so that they can basically clear me of any criminal wrongdoing to the Canadian government, so my immigration stuff can just kind of go a little further. This week has been interesting because I got a letter from immigration saying that I had till June 13th to get two important papers in. I had to get my divorce decree which I've been divorced now for uh, 10 years. I got divorced from my first marriage back in July of 2000 and had the divorce decree, moved away, left it in storage. My parents actually went in and took my stuff because they moved to another state and decided rather than me have to pay a storage fee, they would take it with me. And, of course, a lot of my paperwork and stuff got ruined because they put it out in a fucking shed where it rained all the time, and all my shit got mildewy. So I didn't have that record per se. So I've been behind. I actually located the county clerk in Arkansas that had a copy of my divorce decree, and it should be making its way to me within the next couple of weeks so I can send it to the Canadian government and get my immigration stuff completely taken care of and hopefully can work legally in this country. Yay. So, I'm in a good mood about that. Um, I hope you are, dude, because that's definitely a lot of stuff that uh, that that does suck. Well, dude, I've been here four years, and I still don't have a residency kind of thing. I'm still on like a visitor's uh, status, I guess, while I'm going through all this shit. Like this is this is a. I mean, I don't want to sit here and criticize Canada, but this shit's crazy. I think it's about the same for America. Uh, if somebody from Canada, Spain, UK wanted to come live over here, they had to probably do the same kind of paperwork. So, it's just one of those things that the government throws out there to to do. Um, actually, since that just hit me, um, I want to. I got something I want to talk about. Okay, uh, something really, really t- ticked me off today. Uh, do you know of the website Gizmodo? I've heard of it, never been there. Um, Gizmodo, they call themselves uh, Gadgets for Geeks. Um, they go over a lot of different things. Um, something happened a few weeks ago that uh, where a person found a Apple iPhone in a bar. And they sold it to the Gizmodo editor-in-chief. Well, they posted on their website, it's like, hey, we've got this. If you want it, you can come and get it. we got no problems giving it to you. Um, somebody went and got it, and that was it. That was about two, three weeks ago. Um, today, or yesterday actually, the Silicon Valley Police Department, or Silicon Valley Reaction Team, whatever they're called, went and with a search warrant into the guy's house, to the editor's house, took four computers and two servers because they felt that he had committed a crime against the business 
and because they also felt he was um, that Gizmodo will now will be in char- will be charged with receiving stolen property. Wow. Um. Yeah, I I seriously think that is one of the most BS things ever since Apple actually got their crap back. And there's some stuff going around saying that the Apple iPhone was actually left in the bar for just the heck of it. So they basically got these people in trouble just because they could. And, I mean, this guy lost some nice stuff. I mean, I'm looking at the pictures now. There's a search warrant on the page. It's signed. It's two pages. I mean, this dude lost his stuff, and it just wasn't cool. Hold hold that thought for one second, Sean. We've actually got another caller on the line. Uh, welcome to Unplugged. Who is this? Hey, what's going on? This is Charles. Hey, Charles. What's going on, buddy? Uh, I was going to call him about something else, but since he's talking about this, I've been following this for a while. Uh, actually, what happened was is the Apple employee left it in, I forget the name of the bar, some German bar. He had the prototype iPhone, the new one, inside of a casing that looks like an iPhone 3GS, which is available now, so nobody could tell what it was. But he took it out of the casing, and when he did, he forgot to put it back in, and I guess left it on the bar stool. Whoever picked it up, uh, this person that picked it up, ended up selling it to Gizmodo for $5,000. Yeah. And Gizmodo bought it for $5,000. And they proceeded to take the phone, post a whole bunch of pictures and videos of the phone. They took the phone apart and posted pictures and videos of the inside of the phone. And the guy that's actually was featured on Gizmodo's website in the video, uh, walking people through the different controls and whatnot that are new on the phone, that's the guy that they got a search warrant and they seized his two servers and I believe four computers in his house and yep. took them. And now they're going to search them and try to find out all, you know, all the information he's got on them to do with anything to do with that. But, you know, it's not Apple's fault. I mean, Apple didn't do anything. At first, everybody thought they did this on purpose to promote their device. But this guy legitimately works for Apple. He's an engineer. And supposedly he's a broadband engineer. Everybody thought he was out there testing the network to make sure the signals in the phone work right. But, I mean, you can't just find stolen property and then sell it to somebody when you know it's not yours. Well, I'm pretty sure that... Sorry, you can't I'm buy stolen property either. I mean, they know this guy that's selling them the phone does not work for Apple, and they're buying it from him. And Gizmodo has a reputation. I forget the the main guy at Gizmodo, but he has a reputation and openly admits that he has no problem being checkbook media and will pay for any kind of breaking story. But I mean, you can't just buy stolen stuff when you know it's not his. This dude's. Yeah, I. I mean, I I followed the story a little bit. I've heard about it. When I heard about this today, I thought the fact that they were just actually like, hey, you know what? We're going to search your place. Here's our search warrant. Um, I didn't know. I, I don't follow Gizmodo that much. I mean, I've I've heard about him. I've followed them a little bit, but I haven't followed him to the point where I know everything about him. I didn't know he was like that. So Yeah, they have a sleazy uh, – Reputation. It's even worse now. The reputation is even more down the toilet, pretty much, because of this. I mean, this is the biggest thing they've done checkbook media-wise, and they really got a bad rep now from a lot of people that are in the media and a lot of people that are just regular consumers. It's like, really? And then they went out of their way to actually get the guys that works for Apple. They get his Facebook information off the phone, post a picture of the guy, and say, oh, here's the guy that lost it, pretty much almost trying to ruin this guy's life. Yeah. And I saw I mean, that I'm part. Surprises everybody that, that Apple Apple has not fired this guy, and as far as I know, they don't plan to. 
Yeah, he's probably, I, I believe the word on that was he did nothing wrong. He accidentally forgot the phone. Everybody forgets something. He probably got it as crappy as this may be, because a lot of people now know, because that's obviously a prototype. I'm sure the final one that they're supposed to show off at WWDC uh, later this month or at the end of June. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's not the best thing that a lot of people now know that at least they're going to have a front facing camera and it's going to have a longer battery life. It has all these, everybody knows a lot of the features now, but in a way that hurts Apple because it's going to ruin their announcement. But in a way, it helps them because the Droid, the HTC Droid Incredible just came out. Who's talking about that phone right now? Nobody. I didn't know nothing about it. Exactly. One of their big competitor phones came out, and no one even is really discussing it in the media. They're all talking about this phone that got leaked. So in a way, yeah. it supposedly could hurt Apple, but in a way, it's helping them because no one's talking about this new phone. Well, going on about that, have you seen the... Uh Somebody apparently hacked the uh, the iPad finally and got into the source coding and all that. Have you seen the source codes for that? I've seen bits and pieces of stuff. They, I mean, they have the OS for the iPad because it's pretty much the same as the iPhone. They've had that jailbroken before the thing even came out. Well, um, the wording is is that they apparently there's some stuff in there about some new concepts um, that's coming out with Apple. Uh, the Apple iPad was consi- was called the Apple Op- iPod, I believe. And in the source coding, there's mentioning of iPod 2, which everybody's already thinking there's going to be an Apple iPad 2 already in production. Well, there is. It's a, there's, it's a definite. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a definite, but... Apple has pretty much already stated that the iPad is going to be a... Pretty much going to be a yearly thing, just like their iPhones and iPod Touches are. Yeah, so I'm. When they fix the problems, that's with the iPad now. When they fix I have an that, iPad. In. What problems are you talking about? I don't, I don't have any problems. Um, no multiprocessing. Like you can't do multiple. That changes with the software update this fall. Okay. Yeah, uh, multitasking it, is coming in iPhone software 4.0. They just showed that off uh, last month. That'll release for the iPhone and iPod touches uh, this summer, and it'll release for the iPad this fall. They fix it. I'll buy it. I, I, I yeah, hate it'll Apple. be a free software update this fall. I mean, I'll, I'll claim it now. I hate Apple. I've, I've tried working on computers with them. I hate them. Um, if they fix that, I'll buy it. I'll claim it. I'll buy it. I'll, like I'll a lot of people, them. one of their main, I mean, I can understand that one of the main complaints when an iPad came out was people complained about, oh, I don't have a camera because Apple usually puts a camera on all their mobile devices. Uh, but the way I think about it is they have to keep some distinctions between each device. And that's the reason why the iPhone has a camera, but they never put a camera on the iPod Touch because they want you to have a reason to go buy their phone. And it's the same thing here. I mean, if they put everything in the iPad, considering it's almost a, pretty much a bigger ver- version of the iPhone and the iPod Touch so it doesn't make calls, then what's the point of buying their phone other than to make calls? So they, I, I don't know if they'll ever put a camera on the iPad because that's a distinction to make you go buy their phone. Uh, I'm not sure, but I do know that iPad can make calls. Uh, oh, it can. Skype. Skype. Yeah, Skype feature, so you can make a call. It's basically an oversized iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people were actually didn't even realize that the iPad does have a built-in microphone. It's just a little port right at the top, uh, above, right next to the uh, headphone jack. So a lot of people yeah. didn't realize that was there. They thought, oh, no microphone or no camera. But, yeah, but, yeah it'll be cool when they do the uh, multitasking later this fall for the iPad and for the iPhones and iPod Touches this summer, because then you could be in a Skype call and... 
throw that in the background and then go do something else while you're in a call. Or people, one of the big requests was to use like Pandora uh, to stream music and exit out of that application, but still have the music playing and surf the internet and check email and do whatever else. But one of the cool things is uh, is Game Center that's going to be a part of the iPhone software for now is pretty much Game Center is Apple's own version of Xbox Live on their mobile devices. It'll work on the iPad, the iPhone, and the iPod Touch. So all your games will have a built-in friends list. Uh, you'll be able to match make into games with your friends and has achievements and everything, just like Xbox Live. They have like a whole service they're bringing in there for their games. So they're really going to go uh, full force into the mobile market of gaming here later this summer. Uh, they dropped the price a little bit. I'll buy one too. I mean, I'll claim that now. I'm not. Uh, I'm not too keen on the three prices. I mean, especially for the size of the memory that they're talking about. Um, yeah, the price six, cut you'll never see. Apple yeah. don't cut prices. I mean, sixteen, thirty-two, and sixty-four gigabytes. That's just crazy. I mean, well, if you really think about it, what you're getting inside of this, it's well worth its price. I mean, you go buy a PSP or you go buy a Nintendo DS, and a DS is uh, depending on which one you buy, you get the new XL. That thing's uh, close to two hundred bucks, and you got one that's like one fifty or something like that. But then you got a PSP that's close to two hundred bucks. So you got a handheld gaming system that's in the iPad. That's about two hundred bucks right there. Then you have what Amazon makes, the Kindle, the book reader. That's in there. That thing, the Amazon Kindle retails for like three something, almost four hundred dollars. So you have that. You have an iPod built into this thing. The thing watches movies. It surfs the internet, checks email, and then you have the plethora of what is called the App Store. They just gives you a plethora of applications to all kinds of games. And then if you think about it, you pay what? Thirty to forty dollars for a PSP or a DS game. The most expensive game on the iPad right now is fifteen bucks, and that's a game. Most of the games from EA Sports. Well, if they update it to the point where, I know Steam just came out for the Max. If they Not have Steam, it's coming out soon. It's coming out really Any soon. Any day now. I'm waiting for it myself. Tell you the truth. Uh, as soon as it hits the Apple iPad and allows for a touchscreen. I'll, uh, I'll pretty oh, that much won't happen. It. I know, but I don't think that'll happen because Apple's doing their whole game center thing of their own. Yeah, but a geek can dream, can he? Pretty much, yeah. It'd be cool. Steam's Steam's a great service. I'm glad because the thing is, right now I do run Windows. I do run Mac. I run Windows on my Mac, but it, it becomes a hassle because a lot of stuff that I used to do on Windows, I can pretty much do it all on my Mac now, and except for gaming. I mean, you could game, but you couldn't game like you'd really want to. And Steam's going to provide that now. Yeah. And I love that they're not half-assing it either. They're actually going to do build all this, at least Valve is for for the start, which is the owners of Steam. Uh, they're going to build all their games from the ground up. They're not going to port them. They're not going to emulate them. They're going to build them from the ground up for the Mac. Your Mac players are going to play with PC players on the same servers. You guys are going to get the games on the same day. You're going to get. Uh, downloadable content the same day. Everything's going to be exactly the same. And the really cool feature I like that, I think they might have changed the name of it, but they were going to call it Steam Play. If you already own Valve's PC games, and you also have a Mac, and you decide, well, I want the Mac version, they will give you the Mac version for free. If you have nice. the Valve game downloaded on your account already on Steam, when you launch Steam on Windows, or on Mac, they'll let you download those games, the Mac version, so you can play it on either operating system. So I own some games for PC right now, and I would like to play them on the Mac side when uh, I get Steam. So I'll automatically it'll recognize, okay, yeah, you have those for Windows, so we'll give you the Mac versions for free, which is pretty cool. Nice. Um, 
I'll go ahead and say this now. Uh, JJ, are you still awake over there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here, guys. Okay, just want to make sure. Um, next week, uh, since we're talking about PC gaming, I'll have a conversation with myself and possibly anybody who wants to join in on StarCraft II Beta. Um, I've been involved in that for the past week, week and a half. Um, let's just say that my money is definitely well spent on the $100 Collector's Edition version. I will be talking about that a little bit, along with a review of Dead to Rights, Retribution, whatever the crap that game's called. No, sounds cool, man. Anybody yeah. be playing the uh, Halo Reach beta next week? I'll be picking that up, too. Uh, on my, as soon as I delete some memory off my 360, I'll be getting that. To, for people don't know, to play the Halo Reach beta, it's free, but you have to own Halo 3 ODST. It's the only way to get it. Yep. You're going to actually ODST. get it through the game. That's right. And also, did you guys talk about UFC Undisputed 2010 at all? No, we have not. Not, not yet. Okay. They announced, uh, I believe today, if the demo is going to come out next week for everybody on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network, but if you go to community.ufcundisputed.com and just register for a name, you don't have to post anything, you don't have to do anything, just register for a name and be done with it. If you do it before Thursday, on Thursday they will email you out a code for PlayStation Network or Xbox 360 and they will give you the game or the demo that day and you won't have to wait a week. They'll give you, give you the code that day. Pretty cool. So pretty much if you want it a week early, you just go there and register for a name. You don't have to post nothing. Just anybody that's registered for their community will all get a code on Thursday. Sweet. I'll have to check that out. I know that uh, Split Second demo came out today, I believe. So that's going to be definitely on my uh, my list of downloading stuff tomorrow when I come home from work. I have it downloaded. I downloaded it yesterday. I have not played it yet. And correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't Techno Bowl Throwback come out tomorrow? Yes, it does. Yeah, I'm going I'm to pick that up tomorrow. I'm definitely going to pick it really that up. It really looks nice. Yeah. Big fan I'm, of the original Techno Bowl. I love it how they didn't change the gameplay at all. They overhauled the graphics, made them nice, awesome-looking 3D graphics, but the gameplay is still exactly the same as what you expect from Techno Bowl. Hmm, I mean, you can still go up and down, up and down on the screen and run away from everybody. Yes. <laughs> That's going to be fun. It, they made it a point to actually show the running up and down right after they said gameplay has not been touched. They showed the running up and down on purpose in the trailer. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. So, oh, well. So, Charles, what was it you originally wanted to call and, and, and talk about? Oh, the UFC demo. That's okay. what I was. Okay, cool. If everybody didn't know if they wanted to get the demo early. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'll definitely uh, check that out. Do you want to post the website in the chat room so that anybody who can't hear it right now can get the can get the link for it there you go there you go there's the link if go sign up for that all you gotta do is register for a name you can get a early a week early code for UFC Undisputed 2010 thanks to our boy Charles Shane Shane Charles Charles what's his name JJ Charles Shane you got it right the first time okay just wanna make sure <laughs> you're killing Keep me drinking. Sean I think no, actually, tonight. actually, it's two o'clock in the morning, and uh, it's bedtime basically. That's what time it is here. He's not a yeah. night owl, Charles. No, I have to. I have, to, I have class at eight o'clock in the morning, and then I gotta go to work till nine o'clock tomorrow night. So yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, Charles, is there anything else before I wrap this up? Uh, no, that's all. All right, man. Cool. 
Sean, any last words? Next week, we'll, I'll discuss more in depth with uh, about past the book, talking about what we're going to do, what we plan on doing. Uh, we, we made the announcement tonight. I'm happy to make the announcement. Thank you, CJ, once again, for backing me up and being my partner on this. Thank you, JJ, for allowing it on the network. Um, can't wait. It's going to be a great. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, guys. With that said, I think we're going to wrap things up on behalf of Charles Shane, on behalf of uh, the sensational Sean or the pimptacular Sean or whatever the hell he's going to go by this week. And uh, <laughs> all my Bob. <laughs> Bob, I like that. He's just Bob. <laughs> I think we'll try that next week. That's my co-host, Bob. Oh, oh no. Or you can call him the always cool name, Steve. Steve. Gotta love that. All right, guys, on behalf of Unplugged, everybody that called in tonight, thank you so much. I'll see you guys later on in the week. Don't forget, Friday night, the uh, the Headlocks Lounge with C.J. Bowman and Chris Kelly and Kara Jean and Miss April. And, of course, on Saturday, the Pro Wrestling Rewind returns as Mike Siciliano hosts and C.J. Bowman will be the producer. And it'll be live right here on SundayNightShowdown.com. I'll see you guys on Monday for Wrestling News Live. I'm JJ Sexay, and you've just been unplugged. As for me, I'm sitting here completely naked after my bath. I'm just going to enjoy this waterlogged steak. After that, I'm going to polish off an entire bottle of vodka in less than 20 minutes, and then hit the town and punch out street lamps with a bat. I'm going to hopefully sleep with the first person I meet. I hope you do the same, even if you're a child or a recovering alcoholic or an elderly person. you got to live life, huh? Does that sound good? Great. Now you do me a favor. You stay classy and give me a call sometime. I'm at 646-424-9166. Hope to talk to you real soon. Goodbye. Is that Baxter? Baxter! Oh, oh, that's not Baxter. Oh, sweet Jack Lord's hair, that's a mastiff. Well, I have to remember to close the front door when I bathe. Oh, that definitely is a mastiff. Whoa! Lord, damn it, help me! It's a monster! Oh, get that right! Hey! Oh, thank you for listening to my album! Come on, help me! Get this monster off me! Oh, my God! Help me! So powerful! So strong! The jaws are strong! They're really strong! Oh, it's a beautiful creature, even though it's dripping into my flesh! Help me! Paul! Paul! Get one of my golf clubs! Start beating it over the head!